0: What's up, players? Welcome to episode 84 of Ready, Press, Play. This is typically your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. But today is not that episode. We are uh, taking a break and going on a little vacation. And, well, yeah, I guess it's a vacation for us. And so we're just going to hit you guys up with a pre-recorded episode of the podcast where it's basically topic of the show, the show. And we basically define it by DLC episodes. We call them, like, downloadable content because they're, like, special... Uh, one-off episodes so we are and dan i'm checking the count right now as we speak oh yeah by the way co-host mr daniel Lima over here daniel we are Hello. at dlc number 14 as of right now this is number 14
1: you know louis uh, we already talked about this but uh I'm, I'm a believer with the dlcs that we shouldn't be counting them anymore we need <laughs> to do the like the assassin's creed valhalla you know, the Assassin's Creed Black Flag. It's like no longer numbered because the numbers don't even mean anything anymore. I feel like but, <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh... I know, I know. But I'm <laughs> I'm like a stickler for canon. All right, Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag. Okay, we're gonna do with that. We're gonna do that. It's the okay, last time right. where it was like a number and a and a subtitle in the same in the same uh, in the same bit. Dude, I wonder like I wonder if they stop if they kept numbering. What would it, what would be Assassin's Creed what like Assassin's Creed Nine or whatever uh origins Uh, probably i mean
1: let me think like okay so we had black flag then we had unity so that would have been five syndicate syndicate would have been six wait where does rogue go in that count let's let's consider rogue a spinoff um so then after syndicate it was origins so that would have been seven then odyssey would have been eight and valhalla would have been nine so nine if we skip rogue but rogue was like you know a legit uh, Mainline entry as well, I think. So maybe ten. Hmm. Um.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, there we go. So we just we just sort of went off topic there, but yeah. It's, it's, so what is this <laughs> like? August twentieth. I'm sorry. Yeah, August twentieth for you guys when we're when we're uh, debuting this episode on Friday for the audio listeners. The twenty first for you YouTube people. Thank you for. joining you know we don't
1: typically know when we're going to release those when we record them so that's kind of new actually when you think about it yeah the majority of those episodes we're usually just like this will come out sometime you know (laughs) (laughs) like oh when this comes out we're probably going to be out of this pandemic you know (laughs) you know and
0: let me ask you this i know we've done dlcs that are video and stuff like that but is this our first video dlc like that's not a spoiler cast
1: good question i want to say yes you know, this might be our first pre-recorded DLC that goes into the Level One Gaming YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah,
0: that is true. That is true. Yeah, so uh, it's 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 canon though. It's episode number eighty-four. It's a numbered episode. Um, so yeah, we're for today's uh, topic of the show, we're going to be talking about. Um, okay, so our very very first DLC, uh, DLC number one, was the top twenty best games. Uh, Ready Press plays top twenty games of the 2010s like the decade like the best games of the decade we're doing you want to know oh what's
1: up do you want to know when we did that episode lewis
0: all right go for it go for it
1: that was episode number 10 Mm -hmm. on march 20th 2020 (laughs) time goes by
0: really fast wow
1: i know i know at the very beginning of the at the very beginning of the pandemic i think that was over that was like over 70 episodes ago
0: I wonder why we released it, because, like, I want to say, like, I don't think we actually went on – we would have went on break, but I don't think we had any reason to go on break.
1: It it was – oh, that's a good point, too. We actually released that – we recorded that episode before the pandemic had actually hit – and we were planning on releasing it because i was going to go to gdc that's and what then it was that was the reason i didn't go to gdc but we figured oh ah, we plan for this anyway let's just take a week yeah. off and just put it out <laughs> yeah that's right um, you were gonna
0: go on beyond uh, on gdc and then the gdc got canceled because of covid and then mm-hmm. coronavirus watch was a thing <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no so and one of the things i think i noticed uh, like i looked at like the, i think i looked at the stats a while back but uh, our, the next DLC and the sequel to that was the best games of the 2000s. I want to say that that's got the most listens, like, or one of the highest uh, viewed or uh, listened episodes. Really? We, weren't, we weren't on video at the time, so we only had our audio metrics to go by. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, doing, we're completing, I guess, the trilogy. I want to say the 80s was going to happen at some point, but for now we're in the 90s yeah. now. It's the top yeah. 20 best games of the 90s. And Tub- and the
1: best the best games of the 2000s that one was episode 37 and that came out on September 25th of 2020 so that one is almost a year old isn't that crazy <laughs> holy
0: shit yeah we haven't done this topic in a year oh yeah we ha-
1: yeah yeah I know <laughs> uh,
0: yeah so no uh, totally no totally I I love the 90s you know like VH1 I love the 90s mm-hmm. like tubular and stuff like I don't know just you, you know, it's
1: funny, Louis, like, I uh I, I I talked when we did the, the, the 10s, I was like, you know, this is my jam, like, I played a lot of games during the 10s, I beat a lot of games during the 10s, I got this. When we got to the 2000s, for me, it was more of like, oh, okay, these are, like, the games that I was given, like, I wasn't that into, like, you know, I wasn't buying my own games yet during that decade and stuff. Now for the '90s, this is this is the decade I was born. I was born in '94, um, so you know I lived six years of this decade, being the first six years of my life. And you know it's we we don't all remember uh, the games we were playing when we were three. So <laughs> uh, it's a weird decade for me because obviously all the games that most of the games that i played from the 90s that i remember i played either at the very end of the decade or i played later on either in the 2000s or even after that um so i feel like as we go further back like the less uh, adequate i feel talking about it because i feel like my amount of experience and knowledge about the decade shrinks
0: Actually, However, that's a good start. That's, that's a good starting point because I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about your thoughts about the list before we actually, without mm-hmm. spoiling the list, what are your thoughts of your your picks?
1: Um, I like my picks. I I think I was able to. I was worried I was not even gonna uh, be able to come up with like ten games that I felt strongly about, but I did, and I even have like quite a few honorable mentions. Um, so it did work out. However, you know, I will say this that I am not. You know, I I, I am not going to necessarily pick uh only big hitters there might be a few weird choices which was already the case with the 2000s for me i think uh and also not every game i picked is a game i finished because we're getting to the territory where there's probably no more than you know well number one there's a lot of games that i played as a kid that don't really have necessarily a finish to them like something like an mmo or something like that but number two I didn't really finish games at that point. I just kind of... I just played something randomly until, you know, I wanted to play something else, right? Fair enough. So, um, it was harder for me to uh, to find the games where it's like, oh, you know, here's, a, you know, un- Uncharted. Like, here's, like, a game that I played beginning to end that I can stand behind as, like, a full, like, story experience. Here's more of, like, oh, these are games that I found fun from this decade and I think are worth
0: shouting out and stuff like that. So, okay,
1: um, yeah. Yeah,
0: um, for me, for me personally, I was thinking about like my list and I, number one, I feel like a basic bitch because I'm only doing nothing but <laughs> like goats. Number two, with like one or two exceptions, but like as a general rule, like almost there's a, there's a, with like a certain stretching uh, for like one or two of these games, all of these games hold up till this day. They can be played mm-hmm. even by modern standards, by modern conventions, in my opinion, in my humble opinion.
1: Enough, um, so I'm enough.
0: very happy with the list, and like I'm, I'm very happy with like this is kind of like sort of like I guess potentially like the golden age for gaming. Like I want to say, uh, like this was like video games as renaissance and stuff like that. Like people were coming to their own companies and franchises were being established, and uh, people were names were being cemented. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I would say yeah, I think this is definitely a, a good, a good. Uh, a good uh decade because we started off at the beginning of the decade in like 91 with the super nintendo and then like midway in the the mid 90s like 95 96 we got the playstation one and the nintendo 64 and stuff like that so we were getting into that jump into 3d um now as a general rule like i think these uh these you know especially with the ps1 games like the, the it's a little It's a little bad as far as like they don't stand the test of time, but it's sort of like the stepping stones to like greatness. And we can see like the legacies of of these brands, you know, being established or in the certain and in certain cases being reaffirmed. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say about my list.
1: Louis, do you want to remind listeners at home from kind of the rules that that we apply when we do this episode? If you remember them yourself,
0: yes, yes. The rules are uh, no remakes or re releases. Um, mm-hmm. This is not a hard rule. It's a sort of a rule that we sort of in- inflict on ourselves. No double uh, dipping as far as entries for a franchise. So like, uh, like Mario had more than one entry in, in the, the 90s, so you can only pick one. Um, and then what else? Is there other rules? I can't think of any other rules.
1: Uh, the only other thing I would say is that we each bring uh, ten games, but and we order them from like ten to one, and mm-hmm. then we mix our list to come up with the top twenty. But if we have overlaps, then we can bring in our honorable mentions, and they come yeah. in at the bottom.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes, that's right. So yeah, so we uh, we do our top our top tens each of them. So like we have to like at the end we kind of like make a composite list where we like at the end we have to agree you know like m- like my number 10 and his number 10 which one of them is is in is 20th and which one is is number 19 you know we just sort of like you know versus each other and if there's like overlap then the the combined score combines and it raises the score up so that way there's no you know there's like it's like an algorithm <laughs> that we just sort of manually calculate but I'm I'm very I'm very excited because like I made a I made a short list. I always start start do these top ten lists by making a short list, and my short list was 27 games. And so, I, out of 27 games, I had to pick from. Um, I had to you know figure out a top ten. I'm very very happy with my top five. Like my top five are like goats. Um, also, nice. um, I'm expecting a lot of overlap because of how basic my my list is. So yeah. There will
1: be some. I, I guarantee you there will be some. Um, I did, however, straight uh, stay very truthful to uh, my personal tastes. So there's a few personal choices here, including very higher up in the list that you wouldn't see in anybody else's list other than mine. Um, as I typically do with these things, but I also have some choices that I'm pretty sure will be in your list as well. If you're wondering what I'm doing right now, if you're looking at the video, I am writing down my list because I had it on my phone, and I'm worried that it's going to die during the show, so I want to make sure (laughs) I don't lose it.
0: Okay. Um, So, yeah, and also just uh, as a separate thing, at the the end, uh, maybe like when we get to before we announce our number ones, we'll go over our honorable mentions. Because, or maybe even after the number ones, because the honorable mentions may actually have to get bumped into the top twenty if there's like overlaps and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and get started on the list. Uh, Dan, do you want to start it off with your number ten, or should I start off?
1: Um, I'm gonna start off. Okay. Uh, and this is an interesting choice for me because. There, a few of the choices, a few of the games that I put on this list, they're almost put in there to represent a franchise more than to represent the specific game that I picked. Okay. Um. And, and part of the reason why that might be the case is because some franchises kind of, like, they get mixed up in my head where, like, all the entries kind of, like, get grouped together and I just kind of think of it as a whole. So in those situations, I kind of made an arbitrary choice within the franchise. Um. I am picking for my number 10, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. The first one, which came out in 1999. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Um, Everybody says Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 and 3 are the best ones, right? Yeah. I believe that's probably the case. However, no Tony Hawk Pro Skater game is in any of our lists, which I went back and I looked to verify, (laughs) which I think that is a problem. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, I believe, is one of the highest... like It's like literally one of the top three highest rated games on Metacritic. Uh, So in order to correct or pass mistakes... Of not including any Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game in our list. Uh, I am just going to include the first one that barely makes the cut in here on 99. Especially (laughs) because... At the at the end of the day, I don't remember the difference between them. To me, they're all just one game. I just remember it as one thing. But I just know that growing up, I had my PS One and I played the shit out of all the Tony Hawk games on my PS One. I had so much fun with it. Um, growing up, and I I I probably say this sentence like every few episodes. But growing up in Brazil, you know, as a little Brazilian, not knowing. Uh, English. There are a lot of games that I couldn't really enjoy as they were meant to be enjoyed at that point. Like I couldn't go and play Final Fantasy VI or something and really understand it. So it was games like that that really spoke the most to me. Where it was all about the mechanics. It was all about the controls. Listening to some fun music. Going around trying to make tricks on your skateboard. And everybody knew Tony Hawk in the '90s. Nobody does now apparently. That's true. When you look at <laughs> when you look at his Twitter feed, which is really funny. Um, but, yeah, I just figured, you know, we got to correct this mistake. we got to get some Tony Hawk game in one of our lists. So it's coming in here at number 10, um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater from 1999.
0: I feel sorry for all those that had a play that I gave on the Nintendo 64. I want to say, wasn't <laughs> that, like, the worst version of the game? I don't know. I can't remember. But uh, Yeah, I,
1: I don't know because I only play them on the PS1. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, that's a good one. That's a good, uh, that's a good start. I, I'll allow it. <laughs> I cringed a little at the beginning, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, uh my my number 10 uh game is a game that i ended up playing like in the 2010s like mm-hmm. i discovered the game after the fact by a friend of mine and um I, I i was just like it's so i don't know it was so captivating it was so hypnotizing the soundtrack is like a one it's uh it's a little known square game called secret of mana
1: i knew that was it when you were leading up to it because i remember you taught i think it was you sharing the love at some point yes so i remember it I remember you talking about it when you said you played it on the 2010s. I was like, oh, that game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a it's one of those like uh, one of those like action RPGs like that sort of mm-hmm. like trailblaze the genre. Because back then, like RPGs were very much turn based, you know, think like Earthbound, think Pokemon, Um You know, there wasn't like an RPG where it's like you're actively fighting and like, you know, it's not there's no pause menu. There's no like, you know, there is some like, you know, uh, pop up menus, like a little like a spinning, like a wheel circle thing. But for the most part, like the action is very like, uh, um, you know, like not like real time. I guess I guess it was going to say like the best way to explain it. It was like it was like the Final Fantasy uh, 15 of its day, Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like Final Fantasy, like 15, like switched over to like action RPG and stuff like that. And yeah, it's sort of like that. But for Super Nintendo, cool. and um, the the story uh, was very like uh, um, the story was actually like very adult centric. That I mm-hmm. you, you there's a lot of things that are unsaid. Like as like when I was playing it as an adult in the 2010s, it's like oh my god! Like they it's like it's kind of like they they just sort of like do some innuendo that like kids will not get but there's Mm -hmm. like ramifications that you're like that's kind of fucked up you know like that kind of stuff i really like that and i think that it's very mature writing without like you know um without being so overly overtly like i don't know violent or just too much to handle for kids is the way i can explain it so shout out to that one and shout out to that soundtrack
1: yeah it's kind of interesting to think that in a in a time frame where maturity in video games was probably often questioned as as something and it was probably something that was harder to do uh with the the capabilities of the hardware at the time that the best way that they could achieve that was through writing and dialogue in games like that that were focused on the story and the dialogue and etc um so that's pretty cool yeah i've heard pretty good things about it um I have a little bit of a gap with a lot of those like old school square RPGs, but oh, yeah. it would be cool to play eventually.
0: And one last thing, uh, shout out to the 3D mode, seven graphics they had. There's like a part where you get a dragon and mm. you can ride the dragon in the overworld, and it's got uh-huh. like this so this weird like sh- shifting scale like uh, you know it's pixelated, right? It's like old yeah. school 3D. It's I so, know exactly like, what that looks like. That parallax thing going on, whatever. That's so cool. I think it it it's kind of it brought a smile to my face, even even like with how like like uh old and arch- archaic it is it's so mm-hmm. that it's like a, it's like a novelty i guess it's like uh it's quaint yeah yeah quaint
1: yeah it 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 was it, it's almost kind of like a like a graphical gimmick when you think about it but like at the time it was like the closest thing to 3D that that could be done at that point in a in in the hardware so cool 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 um all right so i know that your list is going to be very uh console centric Uh, Mine is going to have a little bit of PC flair, too, because I used to play more PC games back in the day. And that gets represented by my number nine here, which we talked about this franchise recently in the podcast in a regular episode, which is SimCity 2000. SimCity 2000 came out apparently in ninety. three i can't i this this date must be wrong that i have written down here because that would be weird if they called the game 2000 um when it came out in 93 although they used to do a lot of weird shit like that with uh with that naming convention um no it actually did came come out in uh 93 um but this was the Some city game that i played the most off um i i obviously played it on pc which i think was the platform that most people uh played it on but it was also available on other platforms as well um and this game was just a lot of fun i really liked the the idea of management games at this time um and i had a few others like honorable mentions like that such as like age of empires and Asia mythology and that stuff and and you know the it was kind of a precursor to you know the sims that came out in the following decade and so forth um but just Creating your city, dealing with all of the different resources within the city, creating the buildings that you want to create, uh, dealing with the issues that arise as you're trying to manage the city. Uh, It was just one of those games that I really enjoyed getting my, getting my hands around and I think really kind of stimulated myself as a kid like I I really enjoyed like kind of sitting behind a computer uh, and finding these engaging like highly stimulating uh, thoughtful games where I could get behind and try to plan strategies and figure out how to get through and um, and you know solve the problems in my in, in front of me and so forth um, so I definitely wanted to give this franchise a shout out.
0: Cool. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> uh, I'm looking at screenshots of the game and number one I just, like, it's just so funny just seeing, like, uh, like a window, like, one of those old, like, uh, Apple <laughs> windows and stuff in the top, yeah. like, file, and, uh, like, you know, it's just so, I don't know, it just seems so, like, quaint, I guess, I guess another one. I know, one.
1: It's, it's almost nostalgic, even if you didn't play it, just based on the, like, that old, like, window. Windows 94 look, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, that's cool. All right. So my my number nine game will be. Let's take a look here. I don't even remember because I have I have, it, I have it hidden on myself. Like, let me guess, The Lion King. You know what? That was actually on my honorable mentions. I thought about mm. it, but I don't think it's I don't think it's like top ten games of the '90s material. You know what I mean? Like, as I love the game, but it's not like mm. you know, big picture. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, mine. Okay. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I I did. I didn't say this at the beginning when I was giving my little recap of my list, but I I do have uh, an overrepresentation of fighting games on my <laughs> '90s list, and I think it's like three or four games. I can't remember the count, but here we go. My number nine is Mortal Kombat three, and I say three specifically because I uh, I think that the Mortal Kombat games for the Super Nintendo are actually kind of not kind of bad in a in a in a. In a modern convention sense, I think they were good for the time, but they're not um, um, use like easily accessible or like easily controllable or easy to get your head wrap, head, wrap your head around by like modern gamer standards. Uh, for once, like for like spe- specifically the first Mortal Kombat, it's very clunky, it's very heavy, and like just it's so I don't know slow. It just the, there's no combos. It's like it's like it's so like ugh. It's the the feeling the feel isn't right basically is what I'm gonna say so the with each sequel they get the feel better and so with Mortal Kombat 3 being like the last good game in the in like the in the uh, I guess let's call it the original like art style with the with the digitized graphics uh, Mortal Kombat 3 is the best because it introduces a run mechanic. Uh, which like actually speeds up the flow and the feel of the game. Uh, Mortal Kombat 3 was like the game that I played the most on the Sega Genesis. I had memorized the uh, the cheat codes, like you had like you know up, down, left, right, B, like you know all those other combinations. I still have my like little parchment of like uh, of all of my handwritten notes and stuff like in my drawer from like back in the 90s. And it had like a secret menu where you can make your fatalities easier, and then you can also play Galaga. Um, and yeah it just it it was it was the best feel as far as like fighting uh fighting games uh, perspective and then also like this is the one game that i was saying like as far as an exception to the rule about whether it holds up by modern standards i would say this one's like the my weakest one but it's Mm -hmm. still one of those games where like i have like a I have a soft spot for the game. I mean, the franchise means a lot. People still play Mortal Kombat to this day. Mortal Kombat Eleven is popping, and everything like that. So, um, I just to say, as far as the original trilogy goes, the the third one is the best. So.
1: And we kind of hit our first overlap uh, because I had Mortal Kombat on my list, um, but I. I just put the first one in there, but it's another one of those situations where I just I thought of it more as like Mortal Kombat as a franchise because once again I don't remember the difference between the games because differently than you I probably played all of them at the same time while I was four so (laughs) there's no way I would like be able to differentiate between the different games Uh, Mm -hmm. but I just know that you know as a little kid that I played the shit out of Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. you know, with my with my siblings and my friends, and you know, I said when I was four, I might be exaggerating there, but you know, when I was little, I don't I don't really have like super strong memories of it, but um, I have enough to know that I had an attachment to that franchise, um, which you know, any mild interest that I have in that franchise to this day was born from those very young days uh, when I was playing those games on the Super Nintendo. Uh, so I actually had it at my number six. Nice. Um. So this one, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna go with your choice of Mortal Kombat three. I'm gonna trust that you picked the right one, um, and that one is probably gonna get ev- elevated in the final list for being present in uh, in both.
0: Yeah, with Mortal Kombat's, just think that the gameplay gets faster, and more characters are in the roster with each with mm-hmm. each entry. Um, also, they added more alities, so like babalities, animalities, and all this other stuff. So like things get bigger and better, in my opinion.
1: Now, I do want to point out something. I asked you about The Lion King, right? And you said something akin to, like, you know, like, that. you know, I really like that game, but I don't see it as the best. Well, like I've only played like ten games from the nineties, so like my list is like these are the games I played, basically. Like, you're limited
0: they, to what you, you okay, okay. Like
1: I'm limited to the games I played and the ones I like. So my list is very much like a favorite, like my favorite type list, more than like oh, like the you know the craft, like or you know like it's not about that to me. Like it's about like, and okay. I'm I'm saying this, I'm saying this as a disclaimer, okay, uh, for what I'm gonna say next, and I think you're gonna. You may wa- later want to bring up, uh, bring in Lion King to, uh, to kind of, w- to go with variety with this because my number eight is Aladdin. <gasps> my number eight is the Aladdin game for the Super Nintendo. Now here's the thing. There were two Aladdin games. There was one on the Sega Genesis. There was one on the Super Nintendo. There were more later. There was like a port to like one of the Game Boys. I don't remember, you know, which specifically. Uh, But the the one that I truly grew up with, that I loved playing, uh, that I went back to and played later on Mm -hmm. emulators and stuff. Don't call the police on me. um, That was the Aladdin game on the Super Nintendo. And that one was not included in the recent collection that got released between Lion... Lion King and Aladdin. Uh they included the Genesis version on that one, as well as maybe one of the Game Boy versions um and i really wish i don't understand why like what happened with this particular version of the game uh why it never got re-released in any form why it was not included in the collection uh but i really wish that there was a way that i could play that game in a modern console uh because i really loved it i thought it was so fun the way that you know it presented the story of the movie through gameplay kind of similar to what how you feel about the lion uh you know the lion king game as well um (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other than it was fun. Uh, it had a lot of action. It had a lot of like, like, like just fun sequences and 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 cool graphics for me at the time. Um, and it just made me giddy to play because I loved the movie. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. And just kind of play through the story in a fun game was just exactly what I wanted, you know, at that at that time. And what I got to experience uh, with that game, it was. It was one of the games that I played the most on my Super Nintendo, um, so I needed to give it a shout.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Just, mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say that you've been raised, you've been raised improperly, and I'm very sorry. Uh, the Sega <laughs> Genesis version is the correct version. <laughs> I'm I...
1: You know, I I I've, I've I've seen online as much people as say one way or or the other. Like if you put a poll on Twitter, I've seen polls that have like pretty much 50 to 50, 50 votes in there. Um I'm not quite sure what the deal is. People tend to like the graphics of the Genesis version better, but apparently the gameplay was better on the Super Nintendo. I don't really know. I only played the one I played and I loved it and I miss it and I wish it got re-released in some way. So interesting that's, that's yeah, all i got so
0: for whatever reason like disney decided to hire two different companies to make aladdin which is why mm-hmm. they're they are two different games made by two different teams so they're mm-hmm. not they're not like a like a cross port like the way it was for like the lion king on the super nintendo and J- and the sega genesis um which oddly enough on that collection they give you both versions the super nintendo and the genesis mm-hmm. versions in that in that um, that um collection and so yeah i i, I I'm a little uh, a little miffed on that one too, because like I would hope that they would have put in the effort to, you know, put v- both versions of the games uh, for this uh, collection. You know, that's the whole point of a collection and a re and a re-release and stuff like that. It helps with game preservation and it helps people reintroduce uh, people to like classic games in a in a with modern sensibilities. So yeah, um, I I've, I only played the Genesis version. Um, and I like that. I like that version as well. So I never played the Super Nintendo version. I've seen YouTube videos of how it looks like, and I wasn't like I wasn't like uh, uh, sold on what I saw. Let's just go with that. But yeah, no, mm. okay. I'll, uh, uh, given given your parameters about how you're limited with your choices, I'll I'll uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll allow it.
1: <laughs> the Super Nintendo version was developed by Capcom. I just want to throw that out there. And in fact, I think if you played it, you might like it, Lewis, Because now that I'm thinking about it, the controls are kind of similar to Street Fighter. Like, the controls and the animations. Like, it, it, it kind of feels like playing Street Fighter 2 a little bit. Um, but anyway.
0: Okay. All right. So, my number eight spot is going to go to um, a franchise that just celebrated its anniversary um you know it's iconic he's got movies he's got shows um you know he's everywhere you know he's fast blue blur sonic the hedgehog 2 for the second
1: by the way i think we, this might be an extra news point on the next uh regular episode that we do which will have happened in the past when people listen to this but they casted knuckles on the yeah. on the Idris sonic Soba, 2 yeah movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i saw oh, that man. Uh, a but funny yeah. casting choice
0: so, yeah, with Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I think it's, of the trilogy, like, I, I, I will say this. I think Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles, I think those are better games, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, from a, from a pure, like, you know, metrics, like, you know, however you, however you want to measure it. I think that uh, Sonic 3 is definitely, like, you know, a better game that trounces over Sonic 2. But I think Sonic 2 specifically is, like, the one that everyone's played. It's the, it's the one that everyone knows. Um it's got I would say like I if I if I were to just hypothetically guess, I would say like of the 3 games, I would say like it, Sonic 2 was probably the peak for sales and this is just me speculating. Um Dan will probably fact-check me as I'm speaking, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but I would say it's probably like the the peak for the the sales and also just Sonic 2 is where it's at. It's, all you need is all you need is Sonic 2. All you need is Sonic and, and Tails. That's really All you need, it's got like the built-in Little Brother mode where Tails can follow you and stuff, but if he falls behind, whatever, he'll catch up to you later um it's it's like one of those situations where like my uh my friends told me like oh yeah me and my brother used to play that and i would have my little brother you know play his tails and then i would sit back during the dr robotnik fights i would have him do all the fighting because if he gets damaged it doesn't matter he can take he can respawn infinitely and so the 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 battle is won and so i'm like oh that's kind of smart um and also i i really uh i played it a lot even in the 2010s or in the um you know whenever I had like my nephew come over, and then we would play like those little mini games where you collect the 50 rings. You got the little checkpoint, and then there's mm-hmm. like that little uh, that little three dimensional thing where you're in this little tube, and you're like uh, trying to like out out outdo each other with the uh, collecting the coins and stuff like that. You get to try to jump and leapfrog over each other, and to get who gets first place. I think that that's just like the like the pinnacle, like the, like the, it hits the right notes. It has, it has the good levels. It has uh, a good sheet, a good sheet mode, a good debug mode. And, uh, and yeah, I like it. Cool.
1: You know, I, uh, this might be a revelation or might be something that I mentioned before, but I don't think I have ever touched my hands in a Sega console, um, in my life and yeah never met anybody that owned them never um it was like this thing that like when i was like 20 i heard about what sega was basically um, <laughs> I, i'm exaggerating but i mean like it was not part of my circles in any way like um for a really long time and you know nowadays like or i mean pretty much ever since i've become a, an adult sega is no longer relevant in the console space so my experience with the sonic games is the following um when i was in elementary school i had a computer class where in the computer of my computer class for some reason they had sonic games installed now i don't even know if that was like some actual like legit pc port off the games probably not or or if it was just like some you know illegal shit i don't know um but you know i would be in computer class i would get my like stuff done quickly that i needed to do and then i would play sonic so and I I had fun I had fun playing it that way that's the way I've known Sonic and then I played some of the three D Sonics later on um, like on the Wii <laughs> um, nice. and those are not that great Sonic but... Colors
0: is alright yeah if you played the one with the it as it was, it was a werewolf then that's no that's no bueno yeah
1: Sonic Unleashed I, I owned that and I played it quite a bit Ugh. it was it was okay at times and then bad at other times yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Thanks. Um,
0: I feel like there was something else I wanted to say or add to it, but I can't really think about it. Oh yeah, well, okay, I'm going to tell you this. I, like this is one thing I do want to add. I never beat the game as like a kid, like and I and mm. I really tried a lot. I played I stayed up to like 4. I remember one time I stayed up to like 4 or 5 in the morning playing the game like and um, you know, I would just, I would have like, I would try to have perfect runs where I have like a lot of lives built up, like I farmed like lives in the early on, and like with each level, like the game kept getting harder and harder, and like I, there's no like difficulty setting, it's just one difficulty, and like I would always get game overs, and I would really be really frustrated, but I would continue and continue to try, and I never beat the game. Um, I've I made pretty far, but then um, as an adult, I discovered that there's a cheat, uh, and it's not even a, a cheat uh, thing. It's like you you in a code. And you basically, it's basically developer mode. It's called debug mode, but they, they mm-hmm. call it a cheat for consumers. But it's a debug mode where you can literally like teleport Sonic and move the camera around anywhere you want. You can spawn anything you want. You can spawn a checkpoint, you can spawn rings, you can spawn uh, like item boxes, like anything mm-hmm. you want. You basically, it's debug mode. That's
1: cool, yeah.
0: Um, and so like, I was only able to beat the game because of the debug mode. And even then, like the, 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 the rolling credits felt hollow number one Hmm. uh number two um i even struggled to beat the game uh because the final level the final boss fight is damn near impossible and that's with cheats so just throwing that out there
1: fair enough fair enough Louis, I'm about to state the pick that you're probably going to have the most issue with so okay. far in my list. And okay. that's after that's after I already mentioned Aladdin and Tony Hawk and the, the <laughs> ones that you thought were a little sus. Okay. Here, here's the best one, though. All right, here my we go. My number seven is The House of the Dead 2.
0: I'm actually not um, I'm actually not uh, going to, you know, what is it called? Poo-poo is nope. what you usually say. No, I'm not going to poo-poo you on this one. Here's why. Okay. On my short list, Time Crisis was on there.
1: Hmm. Cool. 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 Cool.
0: Yeah, man. The House of the Dead. Two. What a time
1: for you know the the what are what are they called again? Like the um on rails. Like is it light gun? Yeah. Or, why, why am I thinking light gun shooters? Yeah. Um. On the arcades, you know, you you go in, you get you know your your your. your your quarters or maybe at that point it was already like other other methods of, of payment or whatever uh and you go in and you're trying to get through just like you and, your, and you and a friend just shooting zombies trying to get through the levels and so forth um that was a really fun game um and specifically the house of the dead 2 is the one that i have the biggest attachment to though uh because i actually owned a pc version of the game Uh, So because I owned the PC version of the game, I didn't just play it in arcades like I did do it many times uh, when going out, uh, but I actually could play through and beat the game like in a sitting like at home. Because there's no
0: (laughs) coins or quarters that you run out of. Exactly. No, that's Um, sus. Come on, man. But
1: here's the here's the thing though like like I was able to train that way and get really good at it and then actually be able to like you know make good progress in the arcade.
0: But like Although, are you using like your mouse to like click yes, on it? Like that's not it, real training.
1: Well, it you know it, in a way kind of is, but it's basically like playing a regular you know shooter on PC except that you're not moving your character. Um but you know that allowed me to figure out all the tricks of the bosses. You know, there's that game has like six different bosses. Each boss has like its own like weak spot and behaves a certain way and has different patterns um there are a lot of secrets there are like a lot of moments where it's like um you know like oh there's like this thing that flashes on screen for a second so if you're waiting for it like you can shoot it and like get a bonus or something um and because i got to play it so much and i could like I, i i first like played it till i was able to beat it and then i tried to figure out like how much faster i could beat it and so forth um the more i like liked exploring all the different secrets and all the things that you could do in the game um um also that game had like a story um i don't know if i fully understood it especially at the time but um it, it did have a story that was going on there was like a logic to like how the different characters uh that you met in the adventure connected to each other and, and etc um oh my um, god
0: i didn't even realize there was lore yeah there
1: <laughs> is lore the <laughs> halls of the dead has some lore um and i I generally just really... The, my, my main thing, though, is like... My main thing with this game is just, like, the bosses. I thought the bosses were so fun. Their designs were so cool and unique. They had so many, like, cool moves. Uh, they were very stressful to get through sometimes. Um, but, you know, I just, feel, I just feel like that game is my representation of almost, like, a whole genre of, like, cool games that we got at that time. Um, that we don't really get to see as much of nowadays.
0: As a child, uh, I was at a bowling alley... And I watched. uh, I saw like a police officer playing House of the Dead, and Mm -hmm. it was kind of hilarious because he's got (laughs) an actual, a real gun on his holster, like on his hip. But he's in there, like really, like into the game, and just like really, like shooting uh, in the in the arcade, like actually, like ta 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 ta, you know, like and reloading (laughs) really fast. And it was. um, Also, I I I honestly would have went with Time Crisis if I were to have picked a a light gun Mm -hmm. shooter. Uh, the only reason why I like Time Crisis more is because the gun on the arcade had, like, this, like, uh, rumble, like, snapping motion. You know, uh-huh. it was really loud, that loud click. Like, ta-da-da-da, like, you feel you felt that machine <laughs> gun, like, that thing. And that's the only reason why. But also, like, I don't know, is it is it—does uh, it—in my head, in my memory, and this is, again, just going off of memory, I, isn't Time Crisis faster? Like, isn't, like, House of the Dead a little slower?
1: Yeah, House of the Dead— like it had its moments where it would, like get faster, but from yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Time Crisis was more fast based. Yeah, so... Because, you know, you're you're in a crisis for time, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> and House of the Dead, you're literally, like, zombies walking very slowly, yes, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I, I would... Personally, I would give the edge to Time Crisis, but I'm not offended, either, that you would pick this like, one.
1: I, I didn't play Time Crisis as much as House of the Dead. House of the Dead is just the one that I have a bigger connection to, um, but the, House of the Dead did have its, like, tense moments as well, though. It was, like, they would, like, start you off, like, really slow. Like, yeah, you go into a room, and then the zombies are moving really slowly, but they would do these, like camera transitions where it's like like suddenly you turn to the side and there's like like two like jumping on you or whatever like (laughs) yeah um, okay yeah that's it was it was fun it was fun
0: also just uh shout out to area 51 also just throw that out there
1: Yes, and I, I'm just gonna say Louis' idea. Like, um, I already mentioned my number six. So my num- my number six, which would come up next, is the Mortal Kombat franchise mm-hmm. in general. Which you know, I'm I'm picking Mortal Kombat three now since you mentioned that is the better one. Uh, so I think you can do your seven and six together, and then and then we'll do our top fives.
0: Okay, all right. So my number seven is going to be uh oh my god again. Okay, here we go. Uh, I, I I'm like literally like I have like a do I do that thing where like a temple of time where it's like it's white text so I can't see it and I can't remember what I <laughs> what I put on there so oh no I'm literally reacting to my my I was like okay all right here we go <laughs> all right here we go so my my uh my number seven is gonna be uh, for the Nintendo sixty four a game that definitely is like a franchise that stands the test of time uh pretty much. For the most part, every entry is a game that you can still play to this day. Um, Mario Kart sixty
1: four, nice. I
0: I definitely want to say that you know between this one and the Super Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo, this one is definitely like like is like the evolution and just sort of trounces on on uh, on Mario on Super Mario Kart and stuff like that. It just Super Mario Kart is definitely slow and it's it's very like uh, its controls are very hard and it's very. you know outdated and it's not very good for like kids these days uh mario kart mm-hmm. 64 has kind of sort of gets that balance right where it's it's faster paced the controls are good like even kids can play the game I like I introduced the game to like my nieces and nephews when they were like little children and stuff when they were growing up and they were like you know playing the get the hell out of the game uh, me and my brothers as adults in the in the 2010s we were we were playing the game um, visually it's a little bad like as far as like you know it's got that low poly count and stuff like that it's a little but from from mechanics and fun it's got that in spade it's arguably has one of like the best versus modes in like any Mario Kart you know to date like it wasn't until mario kart 8 deluxe that there was even a question that they made you know whether or not it's uh you know something you know beats mario kart 64 so uh yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to this game and all the memories i've had with this game um it's definitely uh worth playing uh and there's a speedrun community for this game where people want to like exploit the game and have like the fastest most impossible uh um you know races where they like skip part of the level and stuff like that there's like it's just it's just out there it's just so much uh there's so much about this game that to say so yeah mario kart 64
1: do you really think it still stands the test of time like would you still have fun playing it like nowadays after mario kart
0: 8 deluxe and everything that came out after it you know what's kind of interesting is like i was still playing mario kart 64 in my rotation um Whenever Mario Kart Wii and uh, was a thing, I don't remember. I, I think mm-hmm. I might have dropped it once Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U came out. But one of the things that I did notice is like I was game for, for playing this game with my friends. But like one of the things that I noticed, and this is before I had like the HD converter on my N64, is like I would actually plug in the actual composite into a, a signal, into an actual HDTV. And when you play that on an HDTV, like the picture gets smeared and blurred and it's not as good as a mm-hmm. CRT TV. And so one of the things that my friends when we were playing the game were complaining about is they can't see anything. So mm, I think I see, maybe I now I can probably get away with, you know, you know playing it now because I have my little modern, my modern uh, conveniences, um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, yeah, that's one thing that I will say is probably better for a CRT TV. Uh, you know the CRT like kind of screen effect sort of, uh, you know, hides the blemishes that an HD TV is very unforgiving or a flat screen is unforgiving about. So, but yeah, uh, so maybe maybe it uh, doesn't stand the test of time, but for me it does. I can still play this game like as if as if it's new. For me personally. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, by the way, before I move on, did you have any uh, anything you wanted to add to it? Did you ever play it or? I actually never played that entry.
1: I've played Super Mario Kart from the Super Nintendo. I've played... Um, you know what? I played all the ones then from the Wii forward. I played... Well, I played DS. I played Wii. I played 7. I played 8. I played 8 Deluxe. But the two Mario Karts that I didn't play are two very beloved ones, which are 64 and Double Dash. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. That's... All right. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, my number six game is... All right... I honestly was, I'm surprised that there was no room for this game in my top five. It's definitely one of the most Lewis games to ever be on this list. And it's super obvious and uh, more uh, more shocking that it's, again, so low. Hey, you want to take a guess? Street Fighter 2. No close you're you're well i i i have i know i know the
1: games that you haven't mentioned yet that are gonna be in your list somewhere so i'm like which one did you relegate to number six out of these big hitters (laughs) like you know so i'm trying to figure out like it it may be a zelda or mario game you know
0: it's got zelda and mario in it smash 64 oh damn all right uh yeah smash 64 i am a little uh surprised there was no room for it in my uh in my top five Me too um i was initially planning on putting it in there but like after when i was you know when i was landing on it like i was like okay this is this might be the one that has to go uh, as far as to the bottom. Uh, it's the top of the bottom. I'll put it to you that way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like one of my, my uh, I, love, I love Smash 64. And let, let me just say, I was actually going to start with my like complaints. Let's start with my likes. Okay, Smash 64, uh, innov- innovative, you know, it's uh, fighting games are, were, uh, were very complicated. They were very like, um, if they weren't like, you know, very precise, then people were just button mashing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then Masahiro Sakurai, he just, you know, developed a fighting game with like a simple fighting mechanics that was very intuitive, user friendly and easy to like, you know, wrap your head around, easy to pick up, easy to play and very, um, you know, welcoming with uh, with, you know, characters like Mario and Pikachu. Um, So I think it's like one of those kind of things where like Nintendo didn't realize what they had. And it's definitely like a very humble beginnings for our franchise. And uh, I I just wanted to say that there are things that I would have preferred that they would have done in the original release, but games don't get patched, so it is what it is, Um, but ultimately all of those things kind of sort of go by the wayside because a fan basically patched it for us, and that's why I have (laughs) Smash Remix that I still play to this day. (laughs) so for the most part like I've been playing smash 64 like for like almost the entire run I've been I I still play it um even like original vanilla smash 64 like there's something about it that is just very um well actually I take that back I have to play vanilla smash 64 because of tournaments and that's the only thing that they don't allow mods and stuff like that but that's all that notwithstanding. uh, I just wanted to say that I will always uh, think to myself that, I, that when it comes to like the metagame, when it comes to like going into a bracket, when it, goes to, when it comes to going in a tournament, the farthest I will ever go in any big 1,000-plus people tournament is going to be Smash 64, because that's, that's the game where I'm the most real. So I'm very happy about that, and I love this game, love the franchise, and yeah, Humble Beginnings
1: yeah once again it's like it's just kind of that nintendo 64 gap for me where a lot of these franchises i only started playing later on so i played um melee in a friend's house and then brawl was the first one i owned and then four and ultimate i've owned all the ones since then uh but 64 i will say this lewis to make you feel a little bit bad about it smash ultimate would not exist if it wasn't for smash 64 (laughs) you know (laughs) so uh you know, maybe you should have been more respectful uh, about the origins of your, you know, your favorite franchise.
0: <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Is like, uh, I don't know if you know this story, but uh, uh, Masahiro Sakurai uh, made the prototype for Smash 64 without telling Nintendo. Like he mm. knew that he couldn't just pitch them the idea of Nintendo's right. mascots fighting each other. So instead he had to make it first in secret and then show him a, like a, a, a build with like four characters. He had like Donkey Kong's Fox and Mario. I forgot who the fourth character was, but they were like, here's what we got. And because they were able to play it and see that it's fun, then they were like, okay, you can go ahead and make the rest of the game.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I will, I will never forget that uh that E3 moment, or I think it was E3, where Reggie blades Mesh Brothers against, like, a pro player, and he was so bad at it. Yes, like, it was cringe. Well, but he, he wasn't bad at it like I'm bad at it, where it's like, you know, I know what the buttons do, but yeah. then, like, I'm not good at executing it, versus, like, it come across like he had never try like it all you know it almost came across like he had never touched the controller before yeah that's like
0: that's what i yeah. uh that's what was so cringe about it's like he's like oh yeah i'm gonna play this on my 3ds so that like, way i can whoop your ass next year and then the year ha- the, the one year later you know the spongebob squarepants one year later and then that happens you know yeah I, I just think that it was um i don't know like i knew that he was there was no way reggie would ever beat hungrybox Uh, yeah of course but like at the very least you know play at your level dan like at least know how to upbeat the stage you know at least Mm -hmm. know how to recover at least do the bare minimum you couldn't even do that
1: you know it's it's kind of interesting this is a um a tangent so i'm not going to go on it long but i've wanted to talk about reggie in the podcast before i think there was a one time where i was like i want to talk about reggie and then we didn't (laughs) uh But I have this thing with Reggie, which is, like, he's so beloved, and I get why, like, I get, like, the memes are fun and all that stuff, but he always rubbed me as the kind of person that was more of an executive than he was a gamer, Um, and those never become my favorite types of people that work in games. Like, I understand why there are people that way that work in games like that doesn't mean that they're not competent in what they do like it's more important that somebody's competent at their job than it is that they you know love games but he was not like like with somebody like Masahiro Sakurai right like he's a personality where you know he loves games Shuhei Yoshida loves games like um I, I don't know why I'm like Phil Spencer Phil Spencer loves games and with Reggie I'm not sure. Like, I kind of feel like he might have been more of a... Uh, what's the new Sony guy? Jim Ryan? Yeah. I feel like he might have been more of a Jim Ryan type. Uh, but he was just good with the memes. Yeah. You know, like, he knew how to write the memes.
0: Yeah. And, the, like, the Reggie Fiesemek and, you know, My Body is Ready and all these other stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. And also, like... There is definitely something to say about, like, the, the one E3. I think one of his last E3s he did when the Switch was happening, and he was talking about why we game, and, like, you know, gaming. It's for fun. All the, like, he's talking to the mm-hmm. camera, talking to the audience, and stuff like that, when he doesn't uh, believe it. You know what I mean? It's so, <laughs> Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I just, I always had a hard time actually picturing Reggie, like, gaming on his free time. But, you know, maybe he did Maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being overly, overly critical here, but... All right. Let's get into our top five. <laughs> all right.
0: All right. Before you say your top five, I just want to yes. say again, just reiterating top five, goats. Like just Yes. All right. I really and I hope you can like bring that that level of excellence that I brought. Go for it. Yeah.
1: Earth warm gym No I'm Um <laughs> Um Oh man. Wait, I'm I'm rethinking my top five right now. Are you thinking Not about because, rearranging okay. it? Yeah, so it? I agree with the five games I have on the top five, but I think I fucked up on the ordering of it. So you want me to go first? I'll let you go first.
0: All right. So my number five is going to be, let's see what I got here. Oh, okay, here we go. You're right. All right. That's another one. You know, you, you, you called it. I decided to go with <laughs> super street fighter 2 turbo and mm-hmm. here's, and let me uh, go ahead and uh, uh, give you guys the naming conventions. All right. Uh, there, The Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo was the fifth iteration of uh, Street Fighter 2. And as a matter of fact, uh, Super Street Fighter, uh, how do I put this? When it first debuted back in 91, it debuted like on the arcades. It was just called Street Fighter 2 The Road Warrior. Um, and it was... One of like the you know like the, the beginnings of like you know fighting games of modern fighting games. It basically is the granddaddy of what fighting games are. It sort of like uh, solidified how the menu and the HUDs is supposed to look like, and you know combos. I mean, basically. Oh, f- side story. When they were developing Street Fighter II, uh, the combo system you know was a, was a glitch that they were like finding in in development, and then they realized that it's better. Like it was more fun to leave it. You know because mm-hmm. uh, the idea of a combo was uh, you know like when you think about street fighter 1 uh, it was very much one hit and then that's it you know but whenever they were realizing it's like oh you do a hit but you're in lag and hit lag and then you can hit again and chain it together that's like that's so rewarding and so they just realized that it's good we they kept it boom but as far as the reason why i picked super street fighter 2 turbo is because it was like one of like the later uh, refreshes that had like all the characters, like the extra characters like Kami and T Hawk and DJ. Um, it also had uh, the secret character Akuma, which was so OP that he was banned in tournaments. Um, and also it had the super meter. Like it was one of the first fighting games that I can think of, it may have been one of the first, that developed like a super move, you know, where it's like, you know, you do like the Shinko Horokan and all that other stuff with all these characters. And I think it was really just brilliant and awesome. <clears throat> and it's definitely like the uh, most definitive uh way to uh to play street fighter because it's basically like the patches like balance patches couldn't really happen back in the 90s so instead they just mm-hmm. released a new version of the same game so that's what they did all right all right i you know i've played
1: street fighter 2 um i don't know the difference between all the versions in the same way that you do <laughs>
0: um
1: but i've played i've played it um i've i've owned a few versions of it i think um back in the day and i also like I played it in arcade machines, and I remember, actually, when I went to Full Sail um, for the first time, because I went there twice, but when I was going for my first degree, that they had, outside of one of the classrooms, they had an arcade machine with Street Fighter Two, you know, whatever the version it was. Um, and that it was pretty common for students to like in between, like during like a like a snack, like a break or something like that, to be out there playing at the arcade machine um, or after class or something. And I, um, not super often, but occasionally would go in there and uh, and and play and play with other people. Uh, and even though I was bad at it, there it's not like. Everybody around me was good at it either, <laughs> so um, it was it was kind of fun. Like I was able to get a few wins here and there when I played against people that were worse than me. But the thing that's like difficult with fighting games like that is that I find like they are so like a game like Street Fighter especially like it is so skill based that if you just try to mash buttons, you can't like you will never beat somebody that knows what they're doing. Right, um, and that's the way I play those games because I don't like I am not able like. I am a slow thinker, which affects, like, other aspects of my life. Like, I read really slow and stuff like that. Um, Like, I consider myself a smart person, but, like, I take a while to, like, make a decision or to, like... And that translates into, for me, like, why I struggle so much with games like that, because... Like, I can't, like, go, like, in the, in the in the frames that it takes from, like, somebody to do an attack. Like, I can't respond immediately. Like, I would have to think, like, oh, I need to block and then, like, block. But then it's, like, too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't work for me that way. But anyway, I I, I will go as far as to say that Street Fighter 2 is a fun enough game to where even if you don't know how to play it well, you can still have fun while trying to play it. Yeah. So at least... Unless you're playing against somebody like you. Yeah, no, well, (laughs) I was going
0: to say, like, there was even, like, people that are not, like, good at the game. If you play against someone else who's at that same level and you have both button mesh, there's something fun about that, too. There's something fun to watch about that as well, um, Mm -hmm. I will say. Um, And also just uh, another, another side story about me playing the game. So, number one, I've done ai did a Let's Play on my YouTube channel for, and it was one of my highest viewed uh, Let's Plays. I forgot what the view count; it might have been like a hundred or something like that, or whatever. Um, but, anyways, so. The, the 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 let's play was so good it's one of my, like one of my uh, finer moments because it was so like it was fun to play it was fun to record but it's also fun to watch because there were some moments that were just so hype uh there were some double KOs there were some perfects you know all this other stuff it's so good
1: um, mm. i
0: also um i de- i definitely do consider myself a pretty like like just below elite when it comes to street fighter 2 like there Mm -hmm. are real pro players that are like you know that are super like pro and i'm just that 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 next rung bell rung just below them where it's like i'm at the top of the heap but not pro and Mm -hmm. um and and the reason why i say this is because i've been to many uh, conventions including one that was called sgc uh, or or screw attack convention or whatever uh so uh at sgc there was an arcade an open free arcade of You know, you can just go up there, press, you know, press start and then just start playing. And people would line up and there was, we would play King of the Hill. And, and I would basically be that person who would just basically like knock everyone the fuck off and clear the line by myself, you know, because I would beat everyone. Uh, There was Mm -hmm. just me and and one one other person that would be that guy. And we were trading, uh, we were trading games. And then this (laughs) guy, I thought this guy was better than me to tell you the truth. But then just to make a statement, I perfected him. And then he got pissed, and he perfected me right back. So I'm like, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but just uh, it's kind of like that interesting, like dynamic where it's like whenever you're like, it's like that. That spirit of the battle is so embodied with with uh, with this game, and I think that's why I like Ryu so much because he's like he's all about the fight, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. and also uh, at another convention uh, at SGC, they were holding uh, an open like tournament for Street Fighter, and only first and second place get prizes. And I I ended up finishing second place. And I was very happy with, you know, you know, like testing my might, testing my skill and being again at the top of the heap, you know, when it comes to a tournament.
1: You know, Louis, I have another good friend of mine who also prides himself on being basically like a. He he wouldn't say it out loud, but I know like deep inside, like being basically a pro level or like uh, right under pro level Street Fighter 2 player. um, He's like really into it as well to the point where uh, there have been times where I was at a gaming event with this friend. And if there was an opportunity to go and play Street Fighter 2 in some kind of like impromptu tournament or something (laughs) along those lines, he would go and do it and basically beat everybody. So now I just realized that I need to figure out a way to get you both in the same room. So that like I can I can figure out which which friend of mine is the best at Street Fighter Two because it would it would be one of you I know for sure it wouldn't be like any other friend it would be one of you two guys but <laughs> nice I, well
0: I gotta do that test. We, we, I'm pretty, if he has Street Fighter uh, Ultra Street Fighter Two for the Switch there's online so mm-hmm. there's that cool, but, cool cool yeah it's it's kind of cool yeah I was I'm very happy and very proud of that so yeah uh, nice. did you uh, I believe it's your yeah. number five
1: i'm ready to go now so uh after doing some moving around i have and my number five and once again i am doing this thing where i am i can't pick which one from the franchise okay uh but there, it's two options it's two actual really options which is donkey kong country one or two on the super nintendo all right I think 2 so, is
0: the better one.
1: 2 is the better one. I think that's right. I think that's what I remember best, and that seems to be the general consensus as well. So I'm going to go with 2. But the truth is, uh, both of these games, uh, to Little Danny, were fantastic. I had such a good time with them. Uh, it, they're also games that I pursued playing later through emulators, and then later in the Super Nintendo Classic. Um those are the games that really introduced me to the characters from the donkey kong universe because it's not like i was out there playing you know the original donkey kong in 1981 or whatever you know i my my, my dad was probably not even having sex yet at that point um <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um but you know i just i just really like you know that series um uh, as a whole and i love the way that it was revitalized uh, later on by retro studios um it is one of those franchises that I feel like a lot of Nintendo fans are almost, like, kind of tired off or indifferent about, but that I am really passionate about to the point where I would be more excited for a surprise, like, new Donkey Kong game announcement than for pretty much any other Nintendo franchise at this moment, considering we have not gotten a new one since Tropical Freeze in 2014. Um but, you know, the original Donkey Kong Country, it did a lot of weird stuff. Like, at that time frame, they were doing the thing with a with a 3D, non-3D graphics where the sprites are created based off of, like, pictures taken from a 3D model, right? Which is kind of, like, something sort of similar to the method they did for Mortal Kombat, which that one was more, like, live action and stuff. But um, yeah, And Rare
0: was like... had to buy a supercomputer for that, too, by the way.
1: Yeah, so, so it was, like, it was a technically impressive game at the time. But I've also always found it, um, especially the second one where they polish things up a little bit more and they added a little bit more to it, um, just just a very fun platforming experience. I'm a sucker for platformers, I love platformers, um, and there's uh, there's a few more platformers to come here in my list, um, and after readjusting things I thought, you know, I really like Donkey Kong Country. It goes at the bottom of the top five because I think some of these other platformers are actually better. Um for different reasons, um, but I still very much loved it.
0: So, one of the things that I, I uh, wanted to point out is Donkey Kong isn't playable in Donkey Kong Country 2. Too. Uh,
1: yeah, because Donkey Kong Country 2 focused more on, like, Diddy Kong and Dixie. And Dixie, Kong. Dixie. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, just throwing that out there, it was kind of funny. Um, but, yeah, I think they got, like, the level design. They perfected the level design in the second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I don't know. Like uh, the, the games are also known for their their soundtrack, and I can't I can't remember which one had the better soundtrack. I want to say the first one did.
1: Which, by the way, this uh, shout out to David Wise, who is the known composer behind the Don- Donkey Kong Country series, and was brought back to uh, compose the tracks for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. And I, I, you're right. I love the Donkey Kong soundtrack like that underwater, like like really chill, yeah, like, like that's the one uh ambient music is just i love that i have that on all the time while i'm doing like like coding or doing something on my computer it's like it's the best um so yeah i i think maybe the game itself has not stood the test of time as much uh but i feel like the franchise has like i feel like tropical freeze is one of the best platformers out there like currently yeah uh, returns as well um and you know the soundtrack still stands the test of time as well
0: yeah Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, my number four is let's take a look here. again, reacting. Okay, this one's okay, this one's a good one. I like it. Um, I decided to basically, I think I might have even done a sharing the love on this one. I don't remember. Um, this is one of those games where it's like that come to Jesus moment where like games mature. you know, games this is where like games can be a movie. Uh, I was wanting a movie out of this franchise from like from since the 90s and um, you know shout out to the voice acting you know have you figured it out yet no i'm struggling here all right for the playstation 1 hideo kojima metal oh. gear solid 1 yes uh so yeah i uh i i really i really do like david hater's voice even from the first game uh the game is uh I've played the shit out of the demo, by the way. Like, I had like a demo disc of the PS1, and I would always play that opening sequence. Um, you know, the Shadow Moses Island where he's on the elevator and he's like taking off his clothes and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And that's, it's one of those like iconic moments and stuff where like you have like such really good bosses, like, uh, uh, like Psychomantis and um, and all these these other like Revolver Ocelot and all these like the villains are like A one. I don't know if they've ever done a, a, a Metal Gear Solid where like the bosses lineup are like rival. You know the first game and I don't know if that's I don't know if the if it's possible to recapture that magic. But mm-hmm. just in in general like in my in my memory of things and stuff like that, there's just so many like cool little Easter eggs that they did like in the Psychomantis fight where like it reads your memory card. Um, you know, and then also you have to like, uh, I think it might've been, was it in the first game or I can't remember like the second game or whatever, but like where you had to like unplug the controller and then play it on your play, your, your player two port in order for it to like not be able to register your inputs and stuff like that. So that way you, it makes the boss fight like more easier easier and stuff like that. So the game is definitely good. I, I remember like a lot of like random ass scenes and stuff like that where he was getting tortured he's getting electrocuted and all this other stuff. You gotta like mash the circle button in order to survive the torture and stuff like that. So yeah, just... A lot of good stuff about this game, and um, I, I think that this is definitely not the the uh, the definitive way to play the game. Uh, it was uh, remade for like the GameCube called like the Twin Snakes, and I think that might be better because it had more modern um, you know, like control schemes as far as like being able to like control the game with the dual analog sticks and stuff. But overall, though, I mean, if we're talking about like um, you know uh, game defining or like uh, uh, you know what is it called like medium defining, defining games yeah uh, yeah the medium defining games of like of the of like of all time this is definitely a stepping stone in that direction
1: all right all right good good call good call um i don't have much to add so i'm just gonna keep the conversation going wait
0: wait one last thing one last thing shout out to the codex mm-hmm. the, the, the the and then the conversation oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so good.
1: Which it's become a meme as well, sorta, of, right? Like since then. Like I've seen a few times where like they bring that up and it's like something else. Oh like, my god. Like people like it. put
0: like that thing where that filter, that green filter, yeah. And yeah, yeah. they like, do that. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's so good. I love it.
1: <laughs> All right, Lois. So like, um on, on my number four, or my number four, I want to talk about a platformer game that revitalized what the platforming genre meant. Don't you do know, it. You know, during I hope the it's 90s... Not, I hope it's not dur- what you wait, think it is. During the 90s, we had a transition from 2D to 3D, and uh, all these companies went out trying to figure out how to make, you know, how to perfect the 3D formula, how to... You know, come up with good, like, camera movements and, you know, motion and 3D, platforming motion through 3D environments. You and got it wrong. there's a
0: game. You got it wrong. <laughs> I know what it is. I
1: figured it out. Oh, you there's bitch. a game that stood both them all as the one that got it right and would go to set the precedent for games moving forward. It was also a game made by a studio that would later get established as one of the best studios in the industry. One of the best first party studios in the industry, really. Um, and that game is, of course, Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Holy shit!
0: <laughs> I was pulling up the wrong one. I was like, okay, let me go ahead and... Uh, you, okay, what do you think it was? I thought you were going with Mario 64. Okay, so that's the
1: thing. I thought you would have wanted me to do Mario 64. No, all right. Oh. I forgot. What's your opinion on Mario 64?
0: Oh, I love it. Everything you said about what you just said okay. was true about, like... That was, it was- the bait yes it was mm-hmm. it was definitely okay you 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 bitch first off uh, but no like i really do think it was i really love that game but like when i i had to choose between a mario games in the 90s i didn't choose this one
1: okay me too me too okay so we're, we're in the same line there because of that because of that and also because honestly like i was a ps1 kid i wasn't an n64 kid and it's one of those things it's what you're given you love it, you know, like the Sonic versus Mario thing. You know, if I was given a Sega, I would have loved Sonic. I was given a Super Nintendo, so I love Mario, right? But then on the PS One era, Crash was my boy. So you know, I gotta give my boy Crash some love. We got. I'm specifically adding in here Crash Bandicoot Warped. That is the third game in the series, and that is the best game in the series. Um, I'll check games... on that
0: one, but I thought I honestly thought yeah. the second one was the best, but okay.
1: Uh, two and three are pretty good one is the one that is the most rough around the edges um, but you know I played all three of them a shit ton on the PS1 when I was a kid I had so much fun um, like those games are honestly good examples of games that would typically not really stand the test of time like I wouldn't say that it's worth going and getting a PS1 to play the original Crash Bandicoot games however they have recently gotten excellently made remasters by Vicarious Visions um, and Insane. also I yeah. just realized I could have included in here Crash Team Racing somewhere on the list. I had completely forgotten about <laughs> it but I love Crash Team Racing just as much as I love the, the the Crash games themselves so I could have brought that in here too. Crash Team Racing is what Mario Kart 64 wishes it was.
0: Oh, just you, you like. shut your whole mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just like, Just like Crash Bandicoot Warped is what you know? Super Mario sixty four thinks it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> no,
0: now you're now that is you're talking blasphemy. I'll let you slide right. on the first one, but not on the second one.
1: All right, I'm not. I'm not meaning to pick a fight here. I'm just goofing off. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just building up further on my initial bait and stuff. Um, but the truth is, you know, like I grew up with Crash. I think Crash is really fun. I do legitimately think the trilogy of the Crash Bandicoot games. Um, I think Naughty Dog was onto something really special there. And the funny thing, too, is, like, we now all recognize Naughty Dog as this top-tier studio. Um, And when you ask people from Naughty Dog, like the founders from back in the day that are not even around anymore, or some of the people that have been around longer that were part of, at least part of that transition, and you ask them something like, I've seen this before in interviews, like, isn't it weird that you guys were doing Crash Bandicoot? And then you went to Jack and Daxter, and then you went to Uncharted, like, why this major like shift every time? And the way they look at it, it's not that way. The way they look at it is that it's all an evolution. Like they see Crash Bandicoot as the game that planted the seeds for what would eventually be the last of us, because from their conception, even with Crash Bandicoot, their idea was to focus on storytelling. Telling stories through a gameplay experience, and despite the fact that Crash has like a silly, cartoony story with silly, cartoony characters, that's what was like. That's what they were able to deliver at that point with the technology off the PS One. That later evolved into what they were able to do with Jack and Dexter on the PS Two. That later evolved into what they were able to do with the Uncharted series on on PS Three. Um. So I think crash as a character and as a franchise deserves the respect for being number one the major playstation mascot on the ps1 you know that sony basically just abandoned after the ps1 that that is not even owned by sony it's owned by activision at this point but i'm pretty sure at that point could have been could have been owned by sony like crash could have been sony's mario if only they cared enough about it. And right? for a
0: while there, there were more kids that knew who Crash was than than Mario. For a while, for like one of those yeah, like yeah, I index believe that. surveys or whatever that they did in the nineties.
1: Yeah, I believe that. Like my generation, and I know I'm younger than you, Louis. Like my generation was all about Crash. Like Crash was school. Like Crash was cool in the way that people sometimes say, you know, Sonic was cool. Yeah. Back in the Sega Genesis days, it's like Mario was lame. Crash is school. Yeah. And then you know when Crash was gone. And some of us gravitated back to Mario and some of her other favorite mascot characters. So I really think Crash represents this weird, like, lost opportunity for Sony in a lot of ways. Um, but on another hand, it is also the beginning of Naughty Dog, which goes on to become the major, you know, Sony first party later on. So I'm just um, genuinely
0: surprised that, like, Naughty Dog didn't own the rights to Crash. You know, whenever they yeah. uh, bought the studio, I would have hoped that they would have gotten Crash in the... I
1: don't know what the, the story uh, is there, like... I have no idea how the rights to Crash somehow ended up with Activision, um, considering that it was... The game was published by Sony at that point, I'm pretty sure. Like, Naughty Dog was a studio that later became a Sony-owned no. studio. Like,
0: Well, it says it was published by Universal, of all things.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So uh, maybe I I messed that up. Interesting.
0: All right. Yeah. But it was yeah. exclusive to PlayStation 1. I mean, that's... Yeah. It is what it is, but yeah, no, I, I again, I know, I think that you're right. I think one of the things I I will say you might be right about the third one being the best one is because the third one had like the little animal riding ones where you're like going into mm-hmm. like the into the game like the camera is behind you, um, instead of like you know all the stuff is behind you like going into the coming yeah. towards you. Like I think they fixed that by making you run the other way, um, and then also the second thing was. Um, it had those uh, the the motorbike riding sections that would become Crash Crash Team Racing, if I'm not mistaken. Some of those like levels and stuff where you're in the motorcycle or whatever, um, which is in the cover art of all things. Just to back up my point, but yeah, uh, um, you're right. I, I do I do uh, remember that and uh, about like the relevancy the cultural the cultural relevancy that uh, that Crash had for a hot minute. Um, it mm-hmm. just sucks that his 15 minutes of fame ended, <laughs> versus. And- and Are the you? other
1: thing too is like for the longest time in for like PlayStation conferences and stuff like that, there would often be like like literally in the audience somebody yelling like "Please bring Crash back" and stuff like that. Like that was a like a desire within like the audience, like not necessarily like the the older like gaming critics and stuff that maybe did not really catch that 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 uh, generation as much like that that uh, era. Um, but for the people our age, I, I always saw in like in forums and Twitter stuff and whatnot, like there was a desire to see crash back and we finally have Crash back.
0: Okay. So. All right. Cool. All right. So now we're going into the top three. My mm-hmm. number three is going to be, uh, okay. <clears throat> All right. I'm sort of regretting my own pick here, but okay. I mean, it is what it is. Um, you know, there's gotta be a Pokemon game in this game, in this, in this, uh, last Yes. Uh, so obviously you know it, it, it there is something to say about the the cultural relevancy that the first game in the series has even to this day uh, Pokemon red and blue and even like I'll even extend the courtesy to yellow uh, the, the, the these games are one of those like you know, Childhood defining games where everyone on the playground was was playing uh, was bringing their Game Boy to school and trading Pokemon together and like I remember playing this game in elementary school. I remember like they watching the anime and you know collecting the trading cards even though I know I don't know how to play the trading card game. You know those like it was like a, a marketing blitz that just sort of like is like a, a way of selling cocaine and crack to kids, you know. So <laughs> yeah, um, you know Nintendo and uh, and the Pokemon company they they, they like. They have basically like leveraged like that OCD that they, you know gotta catch them all and you know telling you know you know making making sure that these sales numbers gets pumped up because you have to either a buy two copies of the game and two Game Boys or b know somebody with the other version of the game so that way you can you know trade and link up with each other and you know help each other out you know tit for tat and all that stuff so I think it's very I think it's very like just genius like just like you know galaxy brain like genius with what they did and the kind of ambition that they pulled off. And there is something to be said about how people are like constantly being referred to as, as gen one-ers. And there's something to be said about how like these games get like, you know, their virtual console re-release on the, on the, on the D, on the 3DS. And then, um, you know, fuck, uh, on the switch you get, um, Uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, which are basically Gen 1 remakes and stuff like that. The Game Boy Advance had, like, Fire Red and Leaf Green and, like, those. basically just Gen 1 is where it's at. People just constantly are giving the nod to Gen 1, and it's I don't think there's ever going to be a time where Gen 1 where Gen 1ers are not going to be appeased. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. that's what I think, and uh, I really do appreciate that there were so many exploits and glitches in this game, like 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 the Infinite Rare Candy glitch and stuff like that, where you just sort of make missing those spawns, and it it multiplies your items in your item box. Like those little exploits are really cool, and I hated that they they patched it out. And yeah, and Pokemon Yellow, I really do. I, that's really that's one thing I don't like about Pokemon Yellow uh, is that. But just in general, like the people reverse engineered. Someone in like the 2000s and 10s, I think, or like early 2010, like somebody reverse engineered uh, the the Mew glitch. Somebody like looked at the coding and the program and found and and found an exploit and worked backwards which is insane, and that's how I got a Mew. Uh, Even on the 3DS virtual console, I was able to pull it off. So it's so awesome, it's so amazing, and shout out to the soundtrack, and uh, shout out to how creepy the game is on Lavender Lavender Town with the little, that scary uh, music and stuff like that. So yeah, just, I love this game.
1: You know, I am so shocked to realize that I completely forgot about Pokemon. (laughs) <laughs> because it would it would have been on my list somewhere as well. Um, I I have this very faint memory of having an OG Game Boy with Pokemon on and going to like preschool or whatever and then sitting on a corner and just playing Pokemon on my Game Boy and having a bunch of other kids just start gathering around me wanting to see what it is and wanting to check it out and stuff like that. Um so yeah, it is a game that the final generation that is so much more than just the game it is a cultural phenomenon right it's the show it's the toys it's the plushies it's everything i had this pikachu plushie that you know i could press on and it would say
0: pikachu
1: like that i i've had for such a long time like i don't have it anymore but i i literally got it when i was like five and i had it up until i was like 20 or something um and I, I have this memory as well of going into the store and it was just a general like toy store or stuffed animal store or something and uh this this adult who worked at the store came to me and he was like, "Oh, what are you looking for, little boy?" And I was like, "Oh, I want I want a Pokémon." And then he said, "Oh, yeah. Which one? Let me know which one you'd like." And then I said something like um Charmander. And then he's like, "Oh, we don't we don't got that one. What's your second best option?" <laughs> And then I said Bulbasaur, and then he said, "Oh well, we we don't we don't got that one either." And then I said, "I know this sounds like the first episode of the show, but I mean it. This is this is legit." And then I said, like Squirtle or something. And He's like, "Um, you know, we got Pikachu." <laughs> and then he brought me Pikachu. <laughs> and then uh, my mom bought it, and um, <laughs> it was literally the only one they had. And I think about that story a lot because I go to stores now. Uh, and here in la at least there's a lot of these like nerd and um specifically like japanese stores that that have a lot of like they they'll have like pokemon stuff and anime stuff and and like Gundams and all sorts of shit. uh and they have so many like like you go in and you can find plushies for like a hundred different pokemon in the store from like all the different generations um and it's funny to think like I wish I had that in my days as a kid because when I was a kid, like all you could find was Pikachu, pretty much. <laughs> like, um, you got you got to get stuck
0: with a Pikachu plushie, and you wanted a Charmander. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised you went with Bulbasaur as your second choice in this story. You should have went with Squirtle, but okay, whatever.
1: Yeah, I like I like Bulbasaur. I think Bulbasaur is underrated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, I just uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a situation where it's like. Uh, i'm not entirely sure like if nintendo knew what they were doing like i mean i think they might have known but like just just the uh the the sheer like i don't know it's almost like it's like brilliant but also evil you know what i mean yeah like the idea it's like oh yeah we're gonna sell you a game but it's incomplete you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff so i think that that's just like one of those situations where it's like it definitely like you know scratches something at something in your in your psyche and uh um, I just wanted to say like I kind of I really do like the the you know Pikachu you know the 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 Pokémon Yellow because it was Game Boy Color compatible and it was you know colored and stuff like that and as far as like you know Pikachu walks around behind you and you know, he emotes when you talk to him I think that those are all cool and also you can get all three starters in the game with you know legitimately without having mm-hmm. to trade for it but I just I can't get over the fact that you can't do the 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 rare candy glitch um, it's one of the, it's one, like one of the things that like, I, it just irks me. And also just like the, 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 there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't going to be a, a, a version of where they were able to like make it work with what games, what, with what Pokemon are not in the game. So I just kind of felt like they were random at times because one of the things that, uh, with red and blue is they were released together simultaneously and they completed each other. Red, uh, with whatever was in red was not in blue and whatever was in blue is not in red. And yeah, Pokemon yellow just didn't really fit as far as like, you know, what can I do to help? You know, you really can't help Red mm-hmm. because you can't help Red complete the decks and you can't help Blue complete complete the decks either. You just kind of suck. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things that I just kind of didn't like about that third version. So yeah, I know it's I know it's in the weeds. But yeah, so, still though, uh, the point stands, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow, number three. Fair enough.
1: Luis, you got two games to go mm-hmm. and I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, because... I got 3 games to go and the 3 games I have left are the 2 games you got and one weird Dan choice. I'm just letting you know. Okay. I think you um, so you
0: have me figured out. Okay. Yeah, I have you figured okay. out. I've, you
1: know, I've I I've, I've known you long enough. <laughs> I know where this is going. I know the games that haven't showed up yet that should have. And you just so, don't know the order. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um so we're about to find out my number 3. I'm just going to say it. My number 3 is possibly one of the best games... Possibly one of the two best games of all time. But the only reason why I put it at number three is because I didn't play it until much later. So I, I'm giving the, I am giving the edge to games I love that I played then. My number three is The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yep.
0: <clears <clears <throat> you played you, you it for the first time on the 3DS, I remember.
1: Yes, yes. Which I played for the first time on the 3DS in 2011, which is when it came out. Um... But that game is so good that I played it in 2011 and I still loved it and it still became one of my favorite games of all time. And I say this because a lot of times these games get remasters and remakes and people will go and replay them on the remaster and be like, oh, this is great. It stood up to the test of time, but they are not necessarily as beloved by somebody who is playing them for the first time because there's some level of nostalgia there that kind of helps carry the game i had no existing nostalgia for ocarina of time when i played it in 2011 um and i very much loved it um i had limited zelda experience at the time i had played twilight princess i had played maybe a little bit of some of the other ones like maybe a little bit of link to the past and stuff um but that was my first time that i was really digging into you know one of the best zelda games um and I, like, I had had a few things spoiled to me that I wish I had not. You know, Mesh Brothers spoiled, what, like, a certain reveal to me. Because if you think about it, you probably know what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, because... That that character like it's supposed to be a reveal in Ocarina of Time, but because you can swap between the characters in Smash Brothers, it kind of gives it away, right? it. I, we, I think we can say it. I think it's yeah, like yeah. it's a
0: 1996 game. Come on, yeah, uh,
1: like Zelda and Sheik like being the same person. That is supposed to be like a big review in the game, and um, and that had been given away already. Although, like you know, the way that it was presented was still kind of like interesting. Um, but you know, I actually. I didn't, that aside, like, I didn't know much about the game when I played it, and, and I very much enjoyed the story, I enjoyed the characters, um, as simple as some, uh, as most of it is, um, just the different dungeons are so cool, like, the different items that you find in the dungeons, um, the moment, like, the the moment after you've gone through the first three, like, almost like tutorial temples in the beginning, right? And then you you pull the sword out of the stone and you travel in time for the first time. Like, that was such a impactful moment, even though I experienced it that late. Um, I had never really seen it before. I had, well, I might have seen it, but, like, I didn't see it in a way that I understood it. I had never, like, gone through it. Um, and then you, like, walk outside, like, the Temple of Time, and the town is completely, like, trashed. And there are these zombie looking things going around and you're like what the fuck happened (laughs) you know like that feeling like it was i don't know like that game just evoked so much out of me even though you know i was playing it um basically as an adult and so long after the fact um like it still managed to evoke those responses out of me like those surprises those feelings um and it's, it, there's just so much to do in the game too. Like the, the, the major quest that you go on, uh, is just like a part of what you can do in that game. There's so many side quests, there's so many extra things that you can go and pursue and those are fun as well. Um, so I don't know. I just, I think it's a very solid game. Um, I'm giving it my number three, but in a different day of the week, I could have given it a number one. I could have given it number two. It's definitely up there.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and just reveal that this is my number two. I think mm-hmm. you already figured out what my, my top two are, um, yep. so you already know. Um, but yeah, my, uh, this is my number two. Um, definitely, it's 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 basically like a two-way tie for my number one and number two. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they could have easily swapped places, but it's definitely one of the greatest games of all time, and it still stands the test of time. And it's still, I would even dare say that even the N64 uh, version of this game is actually got, it's got its, um, you know, one particular advantage over the 3DS version, you know, the 3DS is more polished and graphically like, uh, you know, more more like attuned to what we would think, like, I am have a screenshot here, uh, you can't see it, Dan, but I have a screenshot pulled up where it's like, here's the graphics of the N64 and here's how it looks like on the 3DS, and it's like the the way the, the 3DS version of the game looks like the way my memory remembers the N64 mm-hmm. looking like um the one thing i don't like about the 3ds version is that the ocarina like the way you play the songs is a little like with the the button mapping it's like since i came from the N 64 and i like the 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 yellow the left right up down like the yellow c buttons like i think i like that i like playing the ocarina with that button uh layout Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to learn the songs that way in my opinion um you know i even have a t-shirt where like you know it's got like the the notes of like the song of storms um, I'm even learning how to play the song of storms on the piano. Like I learned how to play a bunch of like these little jingles uh, from the soundtrack um, on the piano as well. So um, you know, it's so it's so uh, it's so awesome, so memorable, such a beautiful soundtrack. You didn't even give a shout out to the soundtracks. So no, that's shame on you.
1: Oh yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Um, but also sh- a shout out to like the colorful cast of characters, like uh, the the Gor- the Goron uh, village and like like the big Goron mm-hmm. guy, and then like the the princess from the the water temple. Uh, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name's uh, such a good, but anyways, I just remember Isn't like, it
1: Zuto? Ruto? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it's Pr- yeah. uh, Ruto, I think I think, I want to say, but yeah um, also just shout out to like Epona and just being able to ride on that big open uh, open plane and stuff like that. There's just so much that was so good about this game that just sort of gave you that spirit of that spirit of adventure, especially at the beginning part of the game, you know, you're playing as a child, there's like that childlike wonder and stuff and uh when you do uh, the um the, you know the first three dungeons and stuff like that it almost kind of feels like a game in and of itself like you would you don't if you didn't know what the game length is like you would almost think that it's almost fulfilling it's like okay you've you finished the game you're about to roll credits yeah but then they sort of like pull the rug underneath you and you're like no it's actually gotten worse you got five more dungeons to do and now things, now shit's real yeah you're an adult you're gonna have more powerful weapons more powerful enemies and i'm like holy shit you know it's so it's so dark and uh and so good and i like uh you know, I like the conventions that they. Uh, I like the what they established as far as like. I think Nintendo sort of like they are. They are so successful, but they were also victims of their own success because now that they established formulas and stuff like that they couldn't it was so hard for them to to deviate and it wasn't until Breath of the Wild that they finally broke free and you know started Mm -hmm. rethinking conventions but the conventions were written the the playbook was written because of this game and in a certain way in a certain sense I have even saw a YouTube video where it was sort of saying that this is basically a glorified remake of the Super Nintendo A Link to the Past like there's so Mm -hmm. many tropes that this did that Link to the Past already did before it and if you think about like you know like uh the whole three dungeons and then the world changes that was done in a link to the past where he did three dungeons and then you get the dark world. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So there's just so many things that basically you were just sort of like say like, Oh yeah, if you just take uh, the super Nintendo game and just 3 dify it and you know, then that, you know, that's Ocarina of time and more power to it. I love the game. I think that, uh, you know, the game is, is just uh this franchise is just so beloved and uh anyone who's a zelda fan was probably probably 100 percent has played this game yeah so. or if not should yeah that's true you know because because
1: there are you know we forget that sometimes but there are fans that can fans can join a franchise at any point there's probably plenty of people out there whose first Zelda game was Breath of the Wild, and they love it, and they're very excited for Zelda 2, and I think they can say they're a Zelda fan, you know? That's fine. Um, but then they should go and play Ocarina of Time, despite the fact that I think it's the only way you can really play it now, like on the 3DS, like or at least that version of the game.
0: Um, I mean, if you have a Wii U, yeah. the eShop, the Wii U eShop, yeah. uh, I don't, it's, not, it's not been ported to the Switch, but it was on the Virtual but, Console for the Wii and the Wii but, U. But,
1: yeah. But I feel like the true, like, you know, the, because they did such a good job with that 3DS version, which, by the way, that was like a time frame where I feel like Nintendo really put in the effort in the in the remasters, you know? Like, I I wish we saw that level of love that was put in Ocarina of Time 3D be put into other games that they're bringing to the Switch right now, but that's a conversation for another time. Um, but yeah, if you have a 3DS laying around, go and play that game. It's great.
0: As much as I, as much as I hated the fact that, like, you know, putting in Ocarina of Time and stuff. I mean, I chose it, uh, but I did have like some second thoughts about considering about Link's Awakening. But you know, mm. I did a whole sharing the love about that. Yeah, but it's not. There's no Link's Awakening is like completely like uh, leagues below Ocarina of Time. But damn, I love like Link's Awakening. <laughs> uh,
1: but, yeah, yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame that with our sort of unofficial, sort of official rule. That we couldn't have both here, right? All
0: right, yeah.
1: All right, but a game that we can have here is my number two, which is not in your list uh, because it's a very just Dan game. Okay. Uh, Which my number two uh, is the game that introduced me to... um, tactical slash strategy games um i like those types of games i talked about SimCity before this is another game in the same vein uh it is a game that introduced me to this franchise um and it is the game that i probably played the most hours off um in my childhood years out of all these 90s games it is civilization 2
0: okay
1: i was obsessed with it um i played the hell out of it uh there was just so many different things you could do about that game Um, The general idea behind that series is you pick a civilization, um, like, you know, maybe um, you pick the American civilization or, you know, like the um, um, Mongolia or, you know, India or something like that. Um, I don't know why I was literally blanking on country names in my (laughs) head. Um, And then you lead that civilization from the beginning of time. All the way to current times. Um, one turn at a time. Uh, there's something that people make fun of with that game. Which is the whole like one more turn. Like I'm going to play it for one more turn. And before you notice it. You've been playing it for four hours. Um, because it is really addicting that way. Um, it is all about, about like building all your different cities. If SimCity is about building a city. Civilization is about building a world. an array of cities. <laughs> and an army. And a world. And you, you find like these other... Like, other civilization around the world, and then you can, you know, interact with them and trade with them. Or you can declare war, or maybe they'll declare war at you. Maybe you gotta form, you know, a, an alliance with another civilization to fight, to fight like, this one or whatever. Uh, there are multiple ways to win in the game. And there was so much complexity in this game. Even in Civilization two at this point in the 90s, um, there were actually... Parts of the game then that got removed later on that I wish were still around. Um, they had a whole system, which I think I've mentioned this in the regular podcast and sharing the love or something before. Uh, But they have this advisor system in the game uh, where you basically, you are the king, right, of this civilization. uh, But you got, like, these NPCs that will work as your advisors. Like, you got, like, your secretary of state and your secretary of, like, of finance and all these other things. Um, And for this game, they straight up had actors, like, live action actors record, like, a hundred different, like, things that the, the advisors could say. And you would have, like, for any situation that he could run into the game, you could consult with your advisors and you would watch videos (laughs) of, like, these legit, like, people dressed according to the time that you're in in the game. Like, be like, oh, Mr. Leader, like, my, my, my dear Supreme Lord, like, I would, I would advise that you do this, 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 and that. Um, and they just had those people record all of these different scenarios in all of the different outfits that they could be in um oh interesting i just got a i just got a notification here zencaster i hope nothing went you're wrong. good you're good you're good <laughs> okay um anyway the game is just phenomenal um there's like so much to it the ai like had so much depth to it for a game at that time frame um and i just feel like Number one, it had to be on my list, and once I started ranking things, I knew that it had to be up top because I'm just, I just very much love this game. I knew it was not gonna be in your list, so I also wanted to give it the most points I could to bring it all the way up close. I hate you. Uh, this is a very <laughs> beloved game amongst PC nerds, um, and I was one at this time, and I'm all about it. So I wanted to make sure I got represented here.
0: So just, uh, just to ask you, I guess uh, since I don't have any input by the way. Yeah. Uh, But just to ask you is uh, which, which civilization is the best civilization to ever civilization?
1: It's hard to tell. It's like, it's kind of like asking like what's mesh brothers is the best. Like, because you can probably point out and say, you know, ultimate has the most content, you know, it has the best graphics. It's the most up to date. It is probably like, you know, I, I say as a layman, but it is probably the best game on paper but you know the community loves melee because of its competitiveness and everything and then maybe smash 64 was your first one and then maybe you'll love that one the most or whatever so i feel like my favorite is civilization 2 but civil but all the other ones like have their values as well this was just this because it is like the first one i played i can't i'm i have a really hard time like getting past the impact of like the first, you know what I mean, like, like I know a lot of people are like they can go like, oh yeah, like third, you know, like I played all of them, like third was the best or whatever. Like I have a hard time with that because the one the game that impacts the most is usually the first one I play hmm. in the franchise. So
0: um, I, I for the for the audio listeners, I actually before he revealed, uh, I actually <laughs> said six on my, I put I put up six fingers up, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, he didn't go with six, um, but I, I wanted to say that. Uh, from like my my outside looking in, like just because like I don't know anything about uh, Civ, mm-hmm. the all oh, the only ones I don't hear people when I do hear anything about Civ, uh, like it feels like the people that don't shut the fuck up about Civ, it's all about four and six. So
1: yeah, four is really good. The, I have not played six yet actually. Oh. so which I know is like a like a sin for somebody <laughs> yeah. like me. But I love 4. I really like 4. I think I like 4 more than 5. So it's like, it for me, it's in between 4 and 2. And you won't hear people that don't shut up about Civ 2, like me, um, because most of the people that you know, that you meet nowadays that are really into Civ, they got into it later. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like, it's like finding somebody that didn't shut up about Fallout 2. Like, you are not going to find that, because the people that got into Fallout, the majority of them, Got into it like Fallout three or four. Or, oh, yeah. yeah,
0: three actually. Yeah, you're right. Three. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That's um, actually a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Just like how well, I you won't know, shut the I, fuck up about Link's Awakening, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: I, I'm one of the OGs with that franchise. Um. But anyway, Lewis, it's time for number one or mutual number one. So I'll let you t- do the honors
0: All since right. I was just talking a lot. We always end the podcast with the uh, with the sound effect. So it's it should be no surprise that Super Mario World is gonna be our number one. And this is the and here's why we we even talked about it on like uh, um, the last or I guess two weeks ago for you guys or when this is debuting. Uh, whenever we did the uh, the Temple of Time and we talked about the launch of the Super Nintendo uh, mm-hmm. thirty years ago. Was it thirty years ago? Thirty uh, five? I don't know. 91? Yeah, that's been 30 years. Okay, uh, we talked about, you know, Super Mario World, Yoshi, uh, the world, uh, was in, we were introduced to Yoshi for the first time. Um, it's definitely one of these games that is very much evergreen. Like, um, the reason why I sort of bumped this over Ocarina of Time is the, the it's definitely the, the closest thing that I will possibly say is gaming perfection, in my mm-hmm. opinion um it's like one of these kind of it's like it's got you know an over an, a beautiful sprawling overworld map it's got secrets it's got secret exits and like different paths and it's got um you know um it's got a lot going as far as charm and and good level design and very fun um it's got like it's got like the perfect difficult, difficulty scaling. Um, it's also good for like to make uh, you know kids feel accomplished when you beat the game. But you can also find like a secret star world and have like really hard levels that are just like fun for like the real the real pro players, the real hardcore. Um, so I think there's just like the formula and everything was just everything was just um, everything was just on point as far as like all engines are are on on fire. Instead, so soundtrack, graphics, gameplay, you know, you name it, it's all there. Like, and I think that even people by like today's standards would play this game and, and love the game and like um, uh, basically it's, it's basically like the OG New Super Mario Brothers, is how I would, uh, how I would explain it. So I think that this game is just, uh, it's just beautiful, it's like you don't need a crazy like, sprawling story like Metal Gear Solid or Ocarina of Time, you just need fun, that's all you need. And I think that this game has that down perfect and I think there's a reason why this game will, uh, will never get old, in my opinion. So yeah, that's what I got to
1: yeah. say. This game has so many secrets too. Um, you know, I I've gone back and like Super Mario World is the true 2D Mario game that I grew up with. Um, and the one that I that I loved and played so much of as a kid and I had it's it's one of those games that can be enjoyed by anybody. I remember being very little when I was playing it, but I had an uncle who was five years older than me, uh, and I had an aunt that was about i think she's about 15 older uh, years older than me uh and we would all play together like the three of us um and and we all enjoyed it and like I, you know i would do some stuff and then i'd get stuck and then they would take the controller from my hands and do some more stuff um there was so much to find and you know um people talk a lot about Super Mario brothers you know one three some people like two uh and, and and those are all great and those I mostly played either as part of all stars on the Super Nintendo but more so like the originals I went back to later on um, and and don't get me wrong these these are all like probably tense um, as well just like Super Mario World is but um, I think that Super Mario World is probably the best one the best 2D <laughs> Mario game in my opinion because I feel like it perfected everything that the other games were doing. Um, and it added, it just had more, and I know, like, more is not always, like, best, but I feel like it had more with more quality, too, you know, like, it felt like it had more variety to its levels, it had more, like, surprises, it had more exploration within the level, um, like, Super Mario, ever since, like, the first Super Mario Brothers, you had situations where you could go off the beaten path a little bit and find, you know, hidden blocks and other stuff, but, i felt like super mario world went all out with that um and the flying mechanic in super mario world to me is the best flying mechanic in all the super mario games too like the the feather that you get i know people are big big fans of the tanuki mario and tanuki mario is great but you know raccoon mario but um but i feel like the the feather in super mario world is is up there as one of the best items in in any mario game yeah, that's um, mentioning you ghosts, get to like
0: fly infinitely by, by sort of catching a wave, you know. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. And the ghost houses are also really good and fun in that game. Um, I don't know. It's just all around uh, a damn near perfect game, and and I think no other game, uh, other than maybe Ocarina of Time, um, would have deserved you know being in the top spot of our list.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a pinnacle in in gaming. Uh, gaming, I would say. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I'm very happy with the list, actually. Overall, like I think we just got to compile it. But before we, uh, before we, um, you know, you know, round out the score and everything like that, um, I wanted to uh, go over honorable mentions here. As a matter of fact, um, we each get to bring in our 11th, our number 11 spots into the bottom of the list um, because of the um, uh, we each. There were two ties. There was Mortal Kombat and ocarina of time there was three where who was the third one
1: super mario world
0: oh shit that means we get to we have to debate who gets the second so i have a suggestion
1: so i have a suggestion that i think there's a game that we can both agree should have been on this list that didn't make it on this list okay and i think that game is super metroid
0: i played it so i think that (laughs) (laughs) i played it but
1: yeah but you know give me your honorable mentions
0: um okay well super metroid is actually one of my honorable mentions and like here's the thing like um i don't know if i would have put it in my top 10. Uh, you know i think it might have been in my top 20. uh you know as far as like I don't know, like, the game... I played the game as an adult. Like, I played the game, like, mm-hmm. for the first time in, like, 2015, 2016. So it's yeah. really hard for me to, like, give it, a, like, a, a base judgment. Like, I played the game and I thought it was fun. I think it was fine as, as far as, like, you know, secrets and, you know, scanning and exploring and, you know, world map and all that stuff. I think I, I, I think that it was definitely a good, like, groundwork for Metroidvanias. But I've played better Metroidvanias since then, you know what I mean? Like, like right, Ori, right, right. To, to name a few. Uh, so it's really hard for me to give it, like, a, a fair judgment. But I know it is... I know like that, and also Symphony of the Night were both in the '90s, and they were both yeah. like they are literally like the the two halves of that of that title, Metroidvania. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, you could just as easily say Symphony of the Night for, for instead of Super Metroid. If anything, I thought I thought Symphony of the uh, Symphony of the Night outdid it, didn't it, or no? Outdoes Metroid. Um,
1: that's arguable. I would say um, I'm more of a Metroid person. Um, let me tell you my honorable mentions. So my honorable mentions were. Super Metroid, Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> uh,
0: Come on, man.
1: Okay. Age of Empires One and Two, um, Oddworld: Abe's Odyssey, Yoshi's Island, Mega Man X. That was one of mine. Spyro Spy the Dragon, Crash Team Racing, and Dino Crisis.
0: Okay, all right. I'll go ahead and give you my honorable mentions: uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, as well as Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighter. I couldn't decide between the two um they're both basically the same game but with different rosters um there's GoldenEye, 007 i almost didn't want to put it on the list because it doesn't stand the test of time it's so uh, archaic with its controls um mm-hmm. but it's so defining because it was one of the first console first person shooters other than doom but as far as like you know what we think of um i also put in uh tekken 3 Star Fox 64 resident evil uh, resident evil um, Super Mario 64, um, Super Mario Party, Killer Instinct Gold, Earthbound, Twisted Metal, Time Crisis, Super Metroid, Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy three for the Super Nintendo as we think about it in America. Uh, Mega Man X and The Lion King.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Super Metroid on the list and I give you the other two.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. You know what? This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put in Marvel vs. Capcom. Because it's definitely, like, one of those, like, uh, um, you know, defining, you know, crossover fighting Marvel characters, Street Fighter characters and stuff like that. It's definitely one of those games that I really like because uh, here's the thing. I played in the 90s, I played more Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, and I played it on Mm -hmm. the PlayStation 1. But the reason why I'm going to give the edge to Marvel versus Capcom is because it's a better roster. Number one, it's more, more all around. And number two, I played it on the Dreamcast and um, the Dreamcast was like a special version that you couldn't get in the arcade. You couldn't get in the PlayStation 1 version uh, is the fact that you, the Dreamcast has four four ports. And so when you tag out, you can tag out with the partner. You can play like tech and Tag essentially where it's like, all right, it's your turn in tag. And like, you know, it was mm-hmm. one of those frustrating things was like, where I'm like, like, I'm carrying the team, and it sucks when my partner isn't as good as me, but, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> one of those fun things about it. Uh, so I, I'm just going to give the edge to Marvel uh, vs. Marvel Capcom simply because of the Dreamcast version, uh, but, you know, that's just one of those kind of like fun moments and stuff that I think of. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Lion King simply because since Aladdin is on the list, the Lion King <laughs> should also make the list. Um, it's, again, I did a sharing the love on, I think I'm pretty sure I did a sharing the love on the game, where it's, like, one of those games where, like, I just played the shit out of it, I still play it from time to time, I can, like, sort of play that game sort of blindfolded, and essentially, but not really, but, you know, you get the drift, I know the secrets, I know how to just play the game, like, without dying and stuff, and uh, no cheats necessary, there are cheats, but I don't need them, you know, because I'm just that good, and uh, I really love The Lion King, the movie, and I love The Lion King, the game, like, it's just, it's like a match made in heaven, it's, like, just perfection where it's like you know we're like the for me it's like whenever the license game the movie tie-in license game doesn't suck it's like it's like awesome so
1: yeah cool louis i actually have our compiled list oh with, snap uh, with the yeah i was if you if you noticed i kept like you know i grabbed a notebook before we started this and i kept like making notes as we were doing it and See, like, i have a, up with, i have like, an where...
0: excel spreadsheet and i was ready to compile by the way i had it ready to go <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i you know so you you were you were being very efficient, and I somehow got ahead of you a little bit <laughs> uh, okay. because I didn't expect that you would be doing that. So, but you know what? My, let me ask bad. you this: Did you
0: compile it yourself and like give the edge yourself, or did you? Here's what I did. Okay, and
1: I think you're gonna be happy with this. Okay, given the circumstances in which you are the elderly amongst oh, us. Oh, thanks. And you, <laughs> and you have played a lot more games than I did. And I played I a lot of your list, by the way. So yeah, I therefore basically gave you the edge on any ties. Okay. Um. All right.
0: So hit us up with the compile.
1: And with that, this is what we end up with. Oh, with one exception, which is with the with the additions at the end. I put uh, Super Metroid above your two choices because you got to pick two, and I didn't. Okay, so. that's fair. I'll allow it. All right. <clears throat> so number twenty. The Lion King. Okay. Number 19, Marvel vs. Capcom. Number 18, Super Metroid. Number 17, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Number 16, Secret of Mana. Number 15, SimCity 2000. Number 14, Disney's Aladdin. Number 13, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number 12, The House of the Dead 2. Number 11, Mario Kart 64. On to the top 10. Number 10, Smash 64. Um, number nine, Mortal Kombat 3, number eight, Donkey Kong Country 2, number seven, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, number six, Crash Bandicoot Warped. Did I say, yeah, okay, number, now on to the top five. Number five, Metal Gear Solid, number four, Pokemon Red and Blue, number three, Civilization 2, number two, Ocarina of Time, and number one, Super Mario World.
0: Wow. (laughs) <laughs> okay like this this list almost feels a little like schizophrenic at times <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good way that's an interesting way to describe it
0: <laughs> like civ 2 at number three like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's the ready plus breast it
1: can't like i you know i never want to do a list here lewis and end up with a generic like This is the same as the IGN list or the same as the GameSpot list or whatever. Like, I like that we have our weird side to it. I will say this. There's about 15 games in this list that are what you would expect in any other list. And then we got our, like, you know, five-ish, like, weird picks that mostly come from me. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't like being basic. (laughs) Where I was, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um but you know i don't i don't mind the list i think it's funny actually i think it's funny that and and this is something that we are both to blame it it's funny to see a list like this and see super metroid under so many of these other games <laughs> but when i but when I say we're both to blame is that I am to blame for putting some of these games here, but you are also to blame for not putting Super Metroid on your list to begin with. <laughs>
0: yeah, I uh, I played it as an adult and also like I have yet to play Symphony of the Night by the way. But yeah, one thing me too. I do know about Symphony of the Night and this might be a spoiler but like there's a part where like the game world turns upside down and you're playing the game while like walking on the ceiling and stuff and i think that it was one of those interesting like little game designs that's like whoa like just mind-blowing how the game works both upside down and right side up and then also the reason that's what that's the reason why i would think that you would sort of give symphony of the night over super metroid because you know hardware limitations super nintendo and then you got a playstation Mm -hmm. one you got cool like uh, sprite animations and like this you're playing as uh, alucard who's fast as fuck and can you know can dash and stuff so fair enough
1: but i just i just couldn't like i just couldn't give uh castlevania symphony of the night the edge because i didn't really play it you didn't really play it uh but we both played super metroid um i never beat it but i played it enough to know like yeah that was a pretty cool game and yeah that 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 was kind of like a almost like a like a free like like, you know, like everybody loves this game and we liked it. So, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should give it a.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. And I guess, and I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'll go ahead and, and admit it here. I played Super Metroid as part of a spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a kind of funny, was doing a kind of funny book club and I was able to get be a part of it. And so I, uh, I played the game, and I actually beat the game minutes before going live on the, uh, <laughs> on the kind of funny book club. And I was one of the few people in the book club that actually beat the game and rolled credits. So, um, mm. yeah. So, yeah, just kind of funny. It's just really an interesting thing. And, like, I really, again, I don't really, I don't, I don't begrudge the game or say anything bad. I don't really have anything bad to say about the game to tell you the truth. But I also don't think it's like uh, a game that I resonated with as far as enough to warrant me putting it in my top ten. You know what I mean? Did
1: you did you need a guide
0: uh, to play it? I think I play I think I played like half the game without a guide and the other half with the guide. Because
1: I think the only reason why I didn't beat that game is because at some point I started getting stuck pretty often um and like getting stuck not the typical like oh you get stuck you get frustrated for a little bit you know try for 10 minutes pick the game back up later and it's like oh okay figured it out like which is normal it was more like i really don't know what to do (laughs) um and i I think that's ultimately what led me to like putting it down um but i should probably go back to it and actually
0: finish it sometime use the guy to finish it you you know know. that i think about it like there's one thing that i will say that i don't like about the game is that i played it on the wii u um, mm-hmm. And I say that like not because it's saying it's bad. It's like you know the virtual console sucks or anything like that. But I played the game um, in like there's this thing where like if you play the game, an old game on a kind of modern console, it doesn't quite there isn't quite the same responsive time the response time that you would get when you play it on a CRT TV. So that's why mm-hmm. melee players they play on CRTs. They don't play on flat screens because when you plug in those old composites into like a a modern a modern monitor. You ended up getting some lag, some delay, some delay with you know converting a analog picture to digital. And one of the things that I did notice when I was playing it on the Wii U is that there's a part, there's a section in the game where you need a wall jump your way up to the mm-hmm. top, and because it's so frame perfect that there's a, like I was noticing that the, del- the delay uh, uh, on the Wii U playing it on my TV that I couldn't wall jump. And I had to mm. like learn how to like time it, so I wall jump before I'm supposed to or you know
1: right right, right,
0: so yeah, that's one thing that annoyed me, but that's not a that's not the game's fault, it's more like modern emulations yeah. fault, but yeah fair enough uh and, and that was a completely different side tangent, but anyways, yeah, I think we should end it it's uh we <laughs> we're just over two hours, and it's perfect timing yep. uh I had fun making this list. I had fun talking about this list. It was so, this is like really good. I I I'm surprised it took us this long to do this list by the way or to do this DLC because it's mm-hmm. been on our on our to-do list for a really long time. You know, it's funny that like I could have pushed for it before, but I
1: intentionally did not because I kept telling myself like I got to play more games before we can do the other lists cuz like w- dude, when we get to the 80s, that like I will suffer on that one because I I've played, you know, I've played maybe 20 different games from the 80s for like 10 minutes each (laughs) (laughs) to be fair that's also a time frame where you can beat most of those games in like 20 (laughs) minutes you know (laughs) um but i'm sure i'll pull something out of my ass
0: i can i'm pretty sure i can pull it off there were a lot of games that i saw that i was like okay this can be it um Yeah, yeah there was even one game that was like in 1990 i was like oh i can just go back with the uh the 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 number before it and then that's one of my you know mm-hmm. uh, also let me just ask you before we sign off here what are your thoughts on super mario brothers 3 as as being an 80s eligible list it came out in 1990 in the us but it came out in oh, 88 oh did it it came out in 88 in the uh in the famicom in japan oh we can
1: consi- we we can consider the original the original release yeah cuz okay. cuz mario brothers 3 has got to be there <laughs> like you know it's either well, honestly, it's either that <laughs> or, or Mario, Mario Brothers One, yeah. which is like it's is an argument of like the better game versus the most influential game, yeah. Which is I don't know, I don't. Yeah, know. Mario we, Three. We, is I could a go either game. way there. Like,
0: it's definitely set yeah, the hands stage down, for, hands down for Mario yeah. World. But I think comparing Mario Three to Mario World is like it's like a super hard because you got better hardware with the Super Nintendo. You know what I mean? So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, well, that's definitely. I'm glad we have that rule. That. I'm glad it's in contention hell uh, with how little games that we might have we may have played in the 80s maybe both there's room for both on the list
1: <laughs> yeah because like what was like what was the it was like the nes right yeah. so you it would metroid, be like the you got first zelda. metroid the first zelda the first you got the, Castlevania, thing is like,
0: mega Man's
1: i don't really like the nes games as much like i like i think the legend of zelda like the first one i think it's obtuse and like so like difficult to play by today's standards like i i don't know like i love the super nintendo era of gaming i think those games stood the test of time but with the nes like i don't know i kind of feel like those games are more like they're kind of the equivalent of the ps1 (laughs) to me (laughs) or, <laughs> you know, like, those games just don't stand the test of time as well.
0: Uh, yeah, there's Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, there's TMNT, the mm-hmm. arcade game. You know, there's, like, you know, there's stuff there. I like mm-hmm. I like the NES plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll go ahead and... We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll <laughs> go ahead and sign off for now, though. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to play the sound effects. Screw it. Uh, it is time <laughs> to end the, the show. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready to Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast uh, by... Uh, by twitter or tiktok at readypressplay and uh yeah i'm i'm on twitter at chakalaka 88 and dan and the dan lima so don't forget to subscribe leave us a review and tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff see you next time see ya